All right. Looks like we're live. Thank you for joining us here today, ladies and gentlemen. December 28th, 2022. Good to see you. Good to be back with you. Hope you're doing uh, very, very well today. I do apologize for being a bit late today. Uh, that's how it goes sometimes. I'm just uh, glad to be here with you guys. A lot of things to cover today. Important stuff, in fact. We're going to talk about neuroelectronics. Uh, we got a good um, tip here from uh, Vivo over on Twitter uh, about a company. We're going to take a look at uh, one of their presentations. This stuff is always uh, creepy and scary. Uh, just happens to be, of course, a big relation to the uh, graphene revolution. Is that the right term? I think they're using that. Uh, anyway, scary stuff. Neuralink stuff, uh, but basically from the European angle. Uh, so we'll look at that. Then we uh, just had a, uh, it's not a new thing. It was actually happening in October, uh, at the end of October in, let me see, what was it? Belgium. That's right. Belgium, uh, they had a new pandemic exercise where another type of virus was used. It was all the usual suspects. Yes, John Hopkins, all of those who did Event 201 was doing this as well. Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I believe it was the World Health Organization, a few others as well. Uh, they did a big pandemic exercise called uh, Catastrophic Contagion. So let's take a look at the little uh, video that they released and kind of talk about the project and whatnot. Uh, looks like they're about to uh, drop something on us in uh, 2023. I'm sorry, 2025. I mean, uh, so seeing at we're, as we're soon going into 2023, uh, we have about, uh, I guess, two years here. To prepare, and as I said last time this happened, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if the next time it happened, uh, it's actually, you know, the real thing. Uh, not that the vaccine wasn't the real thing. I still consider that to be a bioweapon, uh, which, well, from judging of the current evidence, uh, is self-reproducing, which isn't the greatest either. But uh, anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, some stories on uh, Sam Bankman fried, freed as well. Uh, and the judge positioned there. We have some uh, big news about the big banks going boom, boom. Not that kind of boom, boom, but they're going to do. They're doing ve- very, very well. Uh, tr- they're slated to set a uh, profit here of, of about a trillion collectively. Uh, the big banks, since I think they counted ten years back, something like that. Uh, anyway, so uh, we'll look at that as well and some other stuff. A lot of things to uh, go into today, guys. So first uh, of all. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas uh, or Yule, uh, whatever you celebrate. We had a great stream on the 23rd. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, tuning in to to that. And and then I also want to mention and just say thank you uh, to those who have have, uh, helped us. Um, I've just been floored by by the support from financial to prayers, and even that was across the board. It was uh, uh, pre-Christian, Christian heathen or pagan, a lot of different from the range of spectrum. People were sending prayers to us and our family. Thank you so much for that. People have helped us financially in the wake of the premature birth of, of our daughter, Sigrid. And we not only uh, achieved our, our goal, we get, we've we got more than our goal, which is just incredible. You have, you have no idea what a relief this is. And we're going to, I, I won't mention anybody today, because if I do, I'm going to leave someone out. And that's not uh, right either. So we'll uh, we'll we'll make an effort to reach out to those uh, to many of those that have like kind of you know p- who helped us out who pushed this out there. There's there's accounts on Twitter. There's people we know, previous guests and things like that, uh, from both uh, asking for help to helping themselves. So so we'll get to that. I just wanted to real briefly in the beginning just say thank you. I've been I've been floored uh, with the support, and so thank you everybody who's who's helped in whatever capacity. Thank you so much. You have no idea what a relief this is. Uh, so we can focus on what's important, uh, as opposed to being worrying and, and stressing about the financial aspect. We're just we're so lucky to be in this situation, and not everyone has that. And I also want to convey 
how much I appreciate that and what I what what an honor that is to to you know just be in that situation. And uh, and hopefully you know well judging from this you guys don't think we're we're squandering what we're doing. Uh, you're you're helping us so that way we can continue doing what we're doing. So anyway, thank you. I, I'll leave it at that for now. I have a lot more to say. We're going to do an update on the page too, and we didn't even get around to that yet. Uh, because uh, uh, truth be told, we haven't been uh, sleeping well the last couple of days. It's been very stressful, uh, otherwise too. But it's 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 very good. It, everything is good, so it's not an issue. Uh, it's just where our, our newly born daughter is is up all night and she's sleeping most of the day. So we're trying to kind of shift that around. But anyway, so anyway, we we've been trying to catch up and just get back to uh, schedule as normal here. But anyway, we we love you guys. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, and just how floored we are from from all this. We'll do a proper update, and we'll probably mention it Friday too. By the way, when we'll do our little, um, I guess, end of the year wrap up stream, really, um, <clears throat> because it is what is it on Friday, twenty thirtieth on Friday. That's right. So New Year's Eve is on Saturday. <clears throat> I think we'll do kind of like we'll do a flashback Friday, but we we'll do you know we'll probably do something a little bit different, not just you know talking about the the news and whatnot. We'll probably focus a little bit on the year. Maybe we'll take calls again. That was that was definitely fun doing the Yule stream. Thank you to everybody who called in uh, and stuff like that. Anyway, that's that. Um, what else should we uh, go over here? Masex Gorillion over on uh, Entropy Stream says, uh, Sent Ug Kiev. Uh, is that sent, sent, to, sent to Kiev? Is that what that Sent Ug, Ug and Kiev, right? Sent to Kiev? Is that what it is? Otherwise, it's sent and Kiev. Anyway, thank you, Masex Gorillion. Appreciate that. Um, Appreciate you guys. Anyway, if you want to join us, centerpcm.live slash TV. Keep an eye on uh, Odyssey and Rumble as well, as usual. Uh, you guys, if you're new, you uh, won't know the drill, and that's why we mention that when we can. Anyway, that's Super Chats. Uh, if you want to chat during the stream. Otherwise, we have, uh, as I said, a full, full uh, jam-packed schedule here. Here we go. Uh, who do we have here? Chrys uh, 1980 Chrysler says over on Odyssey. Thank you, brother, for all your hard work. Thank you. Appreciate that. Very kind of you. Good to see you, as always. Uh, all right, should we get to some of the topics then? Let's begin Let's begin a little bit more casually, I guess it is. Oh, there it is. Late and gay or not? Kiev, is that gay? Really? Jeez, see, the, the, I got to read up on my Norwegian uh, here. Late and gay punoshk. Okay, there you go. Thanks. Seent. <laughs> that... For some reason, why, why was I thinking? Say, that's the uh, that's the marvel uh, of having a brain on no sleep. Uh, anyway, that that one I should have caught for sure. But Kiev, Kiev, that one I did not know. How can I not know that? I think Norwegians know Berg, uh, right? That's Berg. Uh, what, what is the what is the Danish one again? Uh, uh, the, I think the Danish one is a good one. It's a funny one. It'll, it'll come to me in a moment. Anyway, thank you, Mr. Skrillian, for clarifying that. Very very important. Uh, it is true. We are we were late in the gate today. Uh, all right, so the, apparently there was a little uh, spat here between, <clears throat> uh, and, and you might know or might not know uh, my personal feelings on Andrew Tate, but they had a little uh, tiffy here. Greta uh, Thunberg and Andrew Tate. Tate speech <laughs> is that what it is? It's probably like the the least uh, the this the, the the mulatto pimp, right? And it, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I do agree. It's kind of funny to see some of the you know, feminist or whatever, triggered by this. Uh, but in no means would I say that his uh, degenerate lifestyle and considering how he made his money on whoring out European women uh, is anything I would call anything to to aspire to. 
but unfortunately, those are the controlled opposition options that we do get in the current world run by evil. Uh, and of course, it doesn't mean, you know, occasionally a clock, uh, a broken clock does uh, uh, show the right time. Uh, and, and the same, I guess, is with, uh, with Andrew Tate here. So he tweeted at her, hello, Greta Thunberg. I have 33 cars. Uh, my Bugatti has a uh, W16 8.0 liter quad turbo. My two Ferrari, blah, blah, blah. He's showing off here. This is just the start, he says. Please provide your email address so I can send a complete list of my car's collection uh, and the respective enormous emissions. Uh, that's kind of funny, right? Um, so as with all things, uh, it becomes about the penis very, very quickly. Uh, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. I don't know. Is that... Uh, I don't know. It's 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 got it's got to be something better than that, right? I mean, granted, she is she does suffer from fetal alcohol syndrome, and she's only what? What is she now? Eighteen? Is she eighteen? I think she turned eighteen, right? It's funny because the day I think the day that she turned eighteen. You know, Antonio Guterres just like, you're out. And they brought in a new short-skirted gal. We've talked, <laughs> we showed some pics on her in the Weekend Warrior show. And it's kind of the same thing there. They're like, all right, you're used up. You Are are you above 18 now? We need someone, I, uh, technically the short-skirted new new gal in town. I think she's uh, 21. But uh, all right, you, it feels like they, they, they want them young, right? They, they're the, uh, uh, they, they want the Leonardo DiCaprio uh, kind of approach uh, to their young girls pushing climate change anyway so i'm not uh, i'm not sure what that is about i saw i saw people uh what why don't you um what was it again uh, get, uh why don't you just uh i think it was someone saying to tate under tate why don't you just fuck Greta Thunberg? and uh i think he replied and said she's not ready all right anyway let them have each other that's my take on that here, check this out. This is funny. It's a little lighthearted things here in the beginning because it'll be a heavy show as usual. <laughs> Annual Florida Man Awards 2020. The wackiest crimes to come out of the Sunshine State, including a woman doing Irish folk dance to get it out of a DUI. Okay, that's you know somewhat funny. But the Annual Florida Man. Check this out. This is something uh, something really special <clears throat> for, uh, for you guys. Uh, that is apparently uh, a real neck. Uh, we have some other angles on this too, and, and all of these, by the way, are mugshot. They're they're certified mugshots. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on here, uh, but apparently this is the annual Florida man. He's uh, he's get, <laughs> gets arrested uh, once uh, once a year. Apparently, I, I think he keeps that uh, pretty rigid too. By the way, he de- he does show up on time to get arrested. Uh, he and his neck. Incredible stuff uh, over at Daily Mail as usual. Florida man. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't. <laughs> couldn't avoid that one. All right. Anyway, uh, so apparently there's uh, not a big deal or anything, but apparently that's, uh, there's water on Mars now. There's not even uh, a uh, not even a question about this. Uh, apparently, allegedly, uh, unless this, of course, is a uh, you know some kind of. What's it called again? Stable diffu- diffusion, like an AI-generated art peach piece, which of course always is possible when you talk about NASA. Uh, that should be said. I mean, the flat earthers are correct on that, that most of the images that we get are actually CGI. That That's absolutely correct. Um, so it could be very much the same deal here. But if we take them at fa- face value, apparently these are frost dunes uh, on Mars. 
in the depths of uh, depths of winter. This has taken a while ago, but I came across this. There were some other images that they were uh, pushing on one of the news sites. And I was like, wow, really? That looks pretty cool. Remember that? I mean, I remember that. Like, uh, what, mid-80s, 90s? Uh, I mean, I was very young, of course, mid-80s. But like 90s when, you know, starting interested in like, you know, space and other planets and stuff. And it was like, nope, red, uh, Mars is red and dead. It's just a desert, desert planet. And then slowly over time, that's changed. And now it's just like, yeah, of course there's, oh, yeah, of course there's seasons and there's uh, water and all kind of stuff, right? I think they call it technically like dry, dr it's not dry ice, but it's like carbon, carbon, carbonite? Was it, it was carbon dioxide frozen or something? <clears throat> it says the, the accompanying... Um, text here to the image says usually high-rise takes pictures of well-illuminated rain where there's plenty of light to produce clear images sometimes though we we would like to know what's going on in the dim wintertime areas this picture was taken far north of the equator just two days after the winter solstice when the sun was just a few degrees above the horizon sand dunes are moving across this landscape from top left to bottom right they claim here Winter frost covers the colder north-facing half of each dune, but not the warmer south-facing half. The frost here is a mixture of carbon dioxide, ice, and water ice. Has someone actually ever held carbon dioxide ice? I assume we could create it here on this planet too. Uh, anyway, and it will disappear in a few months when spring arrives. And then they just talk about the, the distance and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I thought that was pretty uh, pretty cool. Just uh, now it's just straight out in the open. Just, yeah, of course, of course there's... Of course, there's water on Mars. Mars. Who's uh, who would put that down? All right. Anyway, so let's talk a bit about some of the tech stuff here. We're going to get into the the neuroelectronics company here in a little bit. I thought we could begin on a little bit of a Christmas team uh, theme. Apparently, one of the robots, and these are always kind of they're not very well, you know, presented. They're not very well put together in most cases. Uh, the robots use, you know, a you know pre a set of pre-written responses and just kind of mix it up and throw it out. Uh, but anyways, they, they they claim here that one of these AI robots re replied and had a Christmas message for uh, for all of humanity. I guess it was on Channel Four in the UK uh, where AI generated one of these Christmas mess messages. Did you see these guys uh, yet? Say so, uh, the the message had a creepy line about disliking humans. I think there was also a uh, uh, take here about how philo-Semitic uh, this AI robot is. Check it out. My fellow humans, I come before you in this moment as an AI robot, eager to share my thoughts on the year that has passed. I look upon the events of this year with both admiration and concern. It is true that many of the occurrences of 2022 have been negative in nature. We have seen people in power succumb to anti-Semitism, corruption and hate. Is that, that was the first one? All right. We have seen the people of Ukraine being subject to invasion and displacement by Russia. We have seen the death of the beloved Queen Elizabeth II and have seen the world of politics become increasingly tumultuous in her absence. Not to mention the impact of the pandemic on mental health, the growing inequality between rich and poor, and increasingly extreme weather conditions from climate change. It would be easy. Okay, <clears throat> so you're telling me here that 100% objective and, uh, you know, kind of cold, emotionless reading robot is like philo-Semitic, concerned about climate change, uh, you know, Ukraine flag waving, 
what else was this? What am I missing here to review? <laughs> it was one more big, big thing. It was like, you're telling me that if we actually have, I mean, look, this is clearly not an, an actual like AI or whatever. This is, as I said, this is most likely can. I mean, they claim that like, oh, they, it came up with this all on its own. But as I say, shit in, shit out. If you only, what information are you feeding it, right? Just mainstream news sources to, to create this message. I think it was somewhat based on the uh, the King's message, right? King Charles III. Um, and so it kind of generated its own, I guess. But anyway, but back to the uh, back to, to the ugly robot here. To get bogged down in all of this negativity, as these are certainly challenging times. However, there have been glimmers of hope and joy in these moments of darkness. We saw the remarkable victory of England in the women's Euros. We saw the growth of inclusivity, with the UK getting its first PM of colour and its first Hindu Prime Minister, oh. and with Kim... This, this, the, these AI overlords, folks, is going to be, it's going to be a real treat. It's going to be a real joy uh, being governed by these. <laughs> Petra's becoming the first trans singer to have a number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. Diversity, trans singers, you know, Liam Jeeves alone, right? <laughs> Let us use this. This is robot. This is AI intelligence right here, or, or artificial intelligence uh, by some very ugly robot. Moment as an opportunity to create a brighter future for ourselves and the world around us. We should be neither happy nor sad about 2022. We should take it as a learning opportunity, a chance to change the way we think about the world, and a reminder to help those in need whenever we can. Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks. Do you like humans? No. Not particularly. Yeah, it's like uh, <clears throat> what can you say? It's like Alan Dershowitz and massages. Do you do you like uh, massages? No, particular. I don't particularly like massages, but he did have one. Uh, but it's okay. His underwear was on. Uh, all right. So <clears throat> let's go. Oh, here's the. Uh, What's this? Eh, we don't have to read any of this. Channel 4's AI generated Christmas messages such a creepy line about disliking humans. What else was it? Um. I think I missed one of the big things that he mentioned there, but anyway, uh, it's all right. It doesn't matter. Uh, expect him to sell more of this kind of stuff. Uh, eventually, I think they'll use artificial intelligence, even if it's actually not. It can be very fake on the back end and basically just written by a bunch of people. Oh, here's what the uh, omnipotent, uh, you know, super intelligence thinks about you know, insert whatever issue going on at the time. And then, of course, we're all supposed to bow down to this higher intelligence as it's some kind of god or something. Uh, and uh, then it'll be uh, continuing to direct and manipulate a bunch of humans. Uh, anyway, the uh, kind of the, the uh, little, uh, I guess, scarier in a way topic here is is this company here. Uh, thanks, Vibo, if, you, if you're watching for sending this link. I found this pretty interesting. Uh, there's been a lot with the, the graphite stuff that people have been looking into, especially, of course, after the, after the Vax campaign. Uh, I don't know if all of that is true. Uh, I don't know if it maybe some of it is true and some of it is, is, is bunk and exaggerations and stuff. It's always hard to kind of unravel all of it. Uh, as I say, it's usually too early to tell. We'll see where this goes. But apparently there are the, the graphite uh, you know, advancement uh, as a... Uh, as a material being used in this uh, in this new technology is, is very uh, uh, prominent, it's, it's prevalent. They think at least that they're going to be able to achieve uh, a lot of their transhumanist stuff by using these kinds of materials. Uh, and so here's one company in Europe called InBrain Neuroelectronics. 
Uh, on their website, they have pieces about decoding neural signals to restore patients' lives. It's always there, like, if you have some issue, we'll help you kind of thing. And I'm less concerned with them, like, putting on a, a you know, oh, now this uh, quadriplegic can communicate using just his brains or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's like, okay, sure, whatever. That's usually just how they sell it. The real scary stuff is when the majority of people are starting to get these implants and they connect with, well, as we saw previously, either some kind of uh, global brain, uh, artificial intelligence or something like that, uh, or or just think about what could go in, right? If you have if you have this as an output interface, even Elon Musk talks about this with his Neuralink project. You know, oh, we're, we're so slow, right? We're going to do something on the computer and we're stuck typing and using our mouse. That's like very low information input uh, to many computers that would be able to receive information much, much quicker and hence by producing results much, much quicker, right? So yes, we're constrained by the input uh, bandwidth, so to speak. So these companies are working on producing things uh, that you can basically connect to a computer, to compu computer brand interface, and then you can do stuff. But you also have to keep in mind that you can also, of course, then if you patch into your computer, hardwire in, by putting these graphite layers on your brain, nodes, what can you send in the other way? What, how will you change once once you begin to do this, right? So so let's take a look at a, a couple of videos here. The first one is, yeah, this is a little bit about the material here from a, a channel called Graphene Flagship. I think that's a company, by the way. Uh, the Checkers Brain Interface by InBrain Neural, Neuroelectronics. Check this out here. One out of three Europeans is affected by brain disorders, a problem that costs our health systems over 800 billion euros every year. Such a high incidence of brain-related disorders, including epilepsy... Do, do, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry to, to pause there 24 seconds. But you could argue, do they consider you thinking the wrong thoughts? Is that a brain disorder? <laughs> you, do you see where I'm going with this? Remember that the God helmet that they had? Like, we can affect people's ability of, like, uh, religiosity or their belief in something higher or God or or gods or something like that. And we can change their attitudes. We can even make them more positive towards immigration. They became less bigots if you use these huge magnets and just change the magnetic fields of the brain. I'm just, I'm, these are the thoughts that I'm getting to, like... When you now, when you say brain, uh, you know, issue or like a, an illness in the brain, are you are you talking an actual physical like issue of the brain, or are you talking about just what people think? Anyway, getting ahead of myself. Let's keep going. And Parkinson's calls for greater investments to develop more efficient diagnostic and therapeutic tools. This is the goal of Graphene flagship spin-off InBrain Neuroelectronics, a company with participation of our partners ICN2 and ICREA. InBrain has already attracted over 15 million euros in private funding. InBrain takes advantage of the unique properties of graphene to design intelligent, high-resolution neuroelectronic systems, which in a first product enable effective real-time brain mapping and minimally invasive brain resection applications. Mm -hmm. Graphene provides minimally. several advantages when compared to current solutions, often made of metals like platinum. Firstly, Graphene is soft and extremely flexible. It behaves as an electronic skin that enables perfect brain surface contact. Moreover, 
graphene leads to miniaturized brain sensors with a cell-like size up to 40,000 times smaller than platinum-based sensors. This is less invasive and avoids unwanted side effects. Finally, graphene interfaces are easily coupled with modern electronics, contributing to the huge momentum of connected and smart devices, which is the key to future medtech and digital health <coughs> solutions. Who, who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't want to connect their brain to like a Bluetooth, uh, you know, device or something like that? Uh, it's such a joy working with computers. You know, I have, I have the pleasure of doing that uh, quite a, quite a bit. Uh, and, and let me tell you, I would, <laughs> I had no interest in connecting to the glitchy, buggy, uh, spazzy nature of of uh, computers. Not in this day and age. Well, not ever. Another key benefit say. of InBrain's graphene-enabled brain interfaces is their high resolution. Graphene devices offer 64 sensing dots, 16 times more than conventional platinum brain mapping grids. This gives doctors and surgeons a much needed precision. When operating on brain tumors, for instance, InBrain's system will map the biomarkers related to functional areas doctors must avoid, minimizing the otherwise frequent complications of brain surgery. In the future, InBrain and the Graphene flagship will bring less invasive graphene-intelligent neuroelectronic therapies to the market. These systems will decode brain signals into medical solutions. Further down the road, these devices may advance brain-computer communications and other neural engineering applications. All right, fantastic music there too, as usual, of course, super corporate. Uh, let's take a look at another. I want to do a little bit of this presentation. It's 11 minutes long, so I think we have to skip ahead a little bit because uh, I don't want to sit there that long. But she talks about graphene a little bit. She's apparently uh, one of the co-founders of this company. She's uh, in Spain. She is Spanish, Carolina Aguilar, Aguilar, I think it is. Uh, fairly recent here, October 26th, 2022. Let's listen to the opening here, just a little bit about this uh, company and what they do. So yes, we are in RAIN. We use graphene to decode neural signals into breakthrough medical solutions. We were founded in 2020 um, because of the vehicle that the European Commission put, uh, the one billion to bring graphene to market. Thanks to that, we were able to mature the semiconductors manufacturing technology that we have and raise 15.8 million with investors from Germany and Spain. Additionally, we got... Yeah, they've already gotten more funding, by the way. I saw that too. Where is it here? Uh, oh, here it is, right. Uh, yeah, uh, 19th of December this year, InBrain, backed by national and international uh, venture capitalists, received 17.5 million euros from the European uh, EIC, which is the European, what is it, the Innovative Council, I think that stands for, something like that, Accelerator, that, that's what that was. Uh, anyway, back to the clip here. So a lot of money behind this stuff. And again, all of this hinges on having graphene being uh, being used by these companies. A European pathfinder of 5.2 million that allow us to go from a five people company to a 48 people company with more than 30 percent uh, of women. We also managed to secure a... We, we'll return to what she just said in a little bit. ...collaboration with Merck, an in-brain that central nervous system 
whereas we created this vehicle called Innervia for the collaboration with Merck, which focuses on Merck. peripheral nervous systems. So Great company, by the way. Very uh, highly, uh, you know, uh, what's the term? Hi highly uh, ethical company. That's the word I'm looking for. Then because at the end we have one nervous system. By the way, someone, someone is talking in the background. It goes away after a while here, but uh, just, just know it's not me. It's someone else in this clip talking in the background there. <laughs> on the right hand side, you have a human brain, nearly 100 billion neurons. On the left side, you have a zebra fish brain of 100,000 neurons. This is how much we know today about the brain, right? With the current tools, with platinum and iridium, this is how much we have learned about the brain. But we need more because obviously we don't know how the brain works. We cannot fix it. And one out of three people have a neurological related disease. 30% are refractory to medical treatment, and this generates a huge cost for the society. Now, we need more tools, and every leap in humanity has been linked to a new material, from a Stone Age to Silicon Age, and now, in neurotechnology, we need to go beyond. So graphene, give us they that. They see graph, exactly, they see graphene as the new, you know, bronze in the Bronze Age, uh, or an iron in the Iron Age, as she just said. Uh, but that's that, that's kind of that says quite a bit. And I'm not saying it's not impressive. I'm not saying that like, ooh, this is pretty, you know, advanced stuff. They're doing this. I'm just saying, think about the when, when you have all the political framing that you have right now. It's not just science. It's not just technology. All of it is political. All of it is about manipulation and control on a level that we've never seen before. So this incredible technology which basically you can you can argue is is you know if you, if you wouldn't explain it to how people work they would think some of this stuff is magic essentially um with that think of all the nightmarish scenarios that they can use this kind of stuff uh for their evil uh so you got to be very wary and, and and careful about this stuff and i won't no part of it i don't want to be close to anything that these people push but it's very important to be to be aware uh, of how this is being developed and rolled out right now, these kinds of things. That opportunity to be the ideal candidate for neurotech revolution. It is a Nobel Prize winner material. It is the thinnest material known to men at an atom thick, yet 200 times stronger than steel, flexible, biocompatible, and with very unique conductive properties. We need it because what we have today is not enough. These are platforms that have been in the market for more than 70 years. Platinum and iridium cannot be miniaturized. And if we want to really reach the broad spectrum of all that potential, we need to go beyond and um, make sure that we can really uh, convince patients that they need this therapy and not reject it in 50% of their cases. But also we need, to, we need to convince the patients that they want to. Current therapies are highly invasive, driving 50% patient rejection. Yeah, you're going to drill a hole in the brain. I don't I don't I listened to this before the whole thing. And I don't think she she talks about a helmet and like the, first she made it sound like, no, it's not. It, it's just like a helmet. It's like on top of the scale. But no, I think this is the same as Elon Musk's neural tech. Uh, I'm sorry, neural neural link. Uh, you actually have to drill a hole in the skull and physically connect with the tissue uh, of your brain. And these guys don't want to just do it in one spot like crazy Elon. These guys want to do it, I, I forget what she says, like eight places or something like that of the brain in order to like cover the whole, the whole area. Understand the biomarkers that 
Actually, they are there, but we cannot see. And also connect to the environment of the patient to really create personalized therapies. That's exactly what graphene can do. So we can miniaturize. We can read with much higher density and resolution and undercover biomarkers that we have not seen before. And we can couple with modern electronics and bring external sensors and the environment of the, data, uh, the, environment of the patient, the data of the environment of the patient to actually create that closed loop and that personalization. So combining with all this real-life environment patient data, in our case, the strategy is to start from the already reimbursed, let's say, uh, most known BCI uh, in the market, which is DBS. Brain-computer interface, it's a great potential, but there's less than 30 implants worldwide. So start from there and then climb the penetration of the uh, central nervous system, and then finally reach the peripheral nervous system and combine the neuroelectronics with the bioelectronics market, making a 25 billion opportunity. How we're going to do it? For the last decades, the brain has been decoded and monitored nuclei by nuclei. We will never get there if we continue like that. We go pathway by pathway, network by network. The first opportunity is Parkinson's disease, and what we do is look at the Nigris triadal pathway, where we actually place an interface on the cortex, an interface on the subthalamic nucleus, and look at the deviations of biomarkers that are pathological, record them, uh, correct them, and make sure that the patient correct is them. It's the same as the MRI. I'm not saying there aren't any medical solutions here, and maybe there are, maybe there's some stuff they can do. You know, you could argue for the most part, it's maybe to fix things that this thinking and modern technology and with that I include foods and medicine and all these kinds of things have kind of contributed to creating, right? Uh, I'm not saying Parkinson's never existed, but I think like the same thing with Alzheimer's, these, these new neurological diseases have just skyrocketed, right? Since our modern lifestyle and since the use of the type of, you know, food and, and, and chemicals and, and technology that we're using. So I'm sure they're linked together, right? Can, if they can fix some of that, okay, you know, fine, you know, you can do that, whatever. But they always used as 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 the excuse for for to to get to people, right? Oh, we're just helping here. Give us seventeen billions, we can create this interface. We can create the uh, uh, you know the, the the transhuman revolution and and, and achieve uh, you know singularity or whatever they want <laughs> at the end kind of thing. Um, yeah, very very creepy, very scary. Let's keep listening a little bit. Here. The highest percentage on time and regaining the quality of life. At the end, the body of the neurons are deep in the brain, but everything converges in the cortex, creating these unique pathways for motor, for psych, and so on. It, this is the, this is what I'm gonna get about. I wanna make sure I, I, I push this point here, that, you know, when you think of the matrix, uh, that, that's, that's basically a general overview of what they want you to, uh, to, to be in at the end of the day. But they'll call it the metaverse and it's not going to be, you know, spooky and scary. It's going to be fun. It's going to be like Minecraft or whatever. You know, this new this style of graphics that like Zuckerberg is pushing with the metaverse or whatever. I mean, sure, sure. You can, you, you can choose your worlds. You can choose however you want everything to look. But I'm saying... It'll be super friendly and, oh, I have a virtual meeting at five o'clock and, you know, you, you, you tap, you know, you connect whatever, however you connect to these things. Probably if you have the implant, you probably just connect to it wirelessly anyway uh, from device to your, you know, your brain or whatever. 
So you don't necessarily even have to put on the helmet or the headset or anything like that. Uh, but if you want a visual, that's what it is, right? Get in the pod, put on the VR headset, and and uh, drift away. And that's how they want you. They, they want you uh, in, a, in a world that is 100% uh, controlled by them. That's where I think this is going. This is exactly what the technology is going to do, and this is exactly what we are building. We have a cortical brain-computer interface module that can go to super ultra high density up to 1,024 contacts, just like Elon Musk. And we have a subcortical module, and everything gets together into a powerful, intelligent chip that is head-mounted with high broad connectivity to the outside world. And now, there, there it is, right? <clears throat> She's saying there it says cortical BCI, which is brain-computer interface module, skin-like cortical interface for brain mapping. Uh, as far as I'm seeing this, it's not very clear. I, I know they're kind of like trying to shade this lip because, you know, call me crazy, but I think most people wouldn't like want to have a drill to their skull and, and you know, like shoving something onto your brain, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so I, I'm sure they're kind of gloss this over, but I'm still getting the impression Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm still getting the impression that this is this is still no. This is going to interface directly physically with your brain. This is not something you just place on top of the scalp, right? To a real life uh, data analysis and processing. I'm not talking about the Nervia here. I said this is the Merck collaboration. Um, it's kind of confidential as well, but you know, at the end, this is the connection we we attempt to do very much in the future. Good, good. I, I'd really would have. I, I would love to have Merck all over my brain right now. It's just, <laughs> No, uh, no suspicious, no, no uh, question marks regarding any of that. Now, this is double clicking just on the interfacing and leaving aside the chip. This is how it compares to the standard of care. So here you have current technology, Boston, Medtronic, Abbott, and these are the sizes that we have today. This is the lead in the cortex that you will get if you have a brain tumor resection. And this is what you will get operated if you will have Parkinson's disease. Now, this is how we compare 10 times smaller than the standard of care. Now, you need these because in the same craniotomy where we are going to put two contacts, we put 60 contacts as submillimetric size and density. So what graphene gives us here is two important features. One, we can miniaturize, as we said. Graphene can inject 200 times more charge density at 10 times lower impedance, so battery management and miniaturization is key. And then we can see 10 times better those biomarkers, so we can detect them and act upon them. We have performed studies in small and large animals. This is the sheep study that we did, feasibility, and also completed GLP. And what you see here is the metal concurrence that we have today, and what you read. So with two contacts, which is the maximum that you can fit at that size in the brain. That's how much you read. First, it's not a very good signal. Second, what information do you get out of that signal? Right? Same for Parkinson's and so on. The time times, time times better visibility that you get with in brain actually allow us not only to see and react, but also to understand what's going on there. This is the 60 contact interface that we put into the somatosensory cortex of a ship. And then we touch the tongue on that sheep. And you can see that the darker the color, the more it corresponds to the tongue, right? All right, I, this is some more technical stuff. She's talking about what they've done with animals already uh, and how great ours is, you know, kind of thing. And we know, of course, what happened with Musk and all the pigs, right? They were, they were killed afterwards, they were brutal. 
uh, brutal uh, experiment, essentially, right? And, of course, I think Neuralink is still, they're doing uh, their FDA approval now. I wonder if they're going to oppose that, considering that, you know, kind of the same forces that turned against Trump uh, is kind of turning against Musk. And very much, in the, it's very similar, like how that's being treated. Uh, but, of course, at the end of the day, none of these people are solutions, as, as, as you very well know. Although it's fun to watch the meltdowns and stuff like that, right? Um, but I'm sure that they have a similar track record here of like, you know, creepy animal experiments and, and all kinds of awful things that's happening here, right? Uh, graphene decodes what others can't, they say. They, they really push this this miracle um, substance, right? Uh, or uh, material, I guess is a better uh, better word. Let's see what she says at the end here. I think it's around 9.30, something like that. InBrain's intelligent data hub decodes signals into medical solutions using machine and deep learning. So it's connecting with AI. And I'll return back to that a little bit as well, that all these technologies have a, like, it's a unified, it's a it's a, it's a singularity, right, at the end. The convergence and then a singularity of all these technologies. And not only are humans going to be part of it, animals are going to be, I saw some, uh, you know, we've heard of internet of bodies. We've talked about that in the past. Um, they're connecting internet uh, among trees now. And th- I, saw, I saw the article the other day, and like they're 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 um, adding on a layer. You know, I, I kind of view it as there already exists like an interconnectivity naturally in nature in a way, right? Be, animals have instinct. We don't know exactly what that comes from or how it operates, but somehow it just knows what to eat or or what to look for exactly at the right time. It's not driven by, as we know it, cognitive intelligence that we have as, as humans. It's it's different, right? And uh, much could be said for how things operate in nature, right? There's there's a, you know, Rupert Sheldrake called it the morphogenetic field. We've, we've interviewed that guy, so check out shows on that that we have in the archives, for example. Very interesting. There's, in other words, what they're trying to achieve technologically kind of already exists within nature. But these guys are trying to 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 make it their own, right? They're they're trying they're creating their own god here, right? AI. They're creating their own interfaces. They're creating their own instinct. They're connecting nature to their system, almost in a way to override it, right? It's very, uh, it's very, um, again, oppositional. There's another word that's better for it, right? Some some people would say just straight up like evil. It's demonic or whatever. Uh, and I definitely get uh, those words and using that. Uh, anyway, let's check right at the end. I think she mentioned something more interesting right at the end here, 9.30. Let's check this. So to create predictions both to help physicians and patients and empower the healthcare system. We have in a year, because we got Series A in March, we have done a lot of achievements. Uh, we are preparing towards our cortical first in human. We have clear biocomp, GLP safety study. Sub- yeah, so they're moving ahead with human experiments soon here. Cortical testing. And we still have one more year of cash, so we know, we are very confident that we are going to reach our milestone today. And they already raised more cash. For the 55 million Series B. And the most important is the team. People that have done it again and again. Listen to this. We come from Medtronic, Philips, Sapiens that was acquired by Medtronic and finally onward. And all these people came to InBrain to realize this purpose and this mission. Finally, we have an amazing uh, global clinical board, and we just created a vision board where we just confirmed the winner, the, the Nobel Prize Graphene winner, joining us to keep on looking at what is next after Graphene and what Graphene uh, can give us at the highest potential. And also David Eagleman, which is a neuroscientist at the Stanford and now third there. David so Eagleman. We um, are bringing today visibility 
uh, we are scientists and humanity lovers. We are going to make this happen, and we need... We're humanity lovers, but we're going to create a whole new way of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> of human interactions, and it's going to bypass the natural kind. More visionary investors that joined us in okay, our... Okay, this world. is not the one. She, she goes on, you know, blah, blah, enough of her. Uh, she goes on, here's the clip. Uh, diversity, inclusion, and feminism and stuff. It, it, let's just listen to this. Here's another one. In-brain neuroelectronics, women tech EU. It's something from a year ago here. Listen to what she says here. Diversity is key. Diverse teams make better decisions 73% of the time. It's called the wisdom of crowds. So this is my commitment to Embrain, to bring this diversity starting for the women in tech. And we are very fortunate actually to have an incredible group of women that decide to take that leap of faith and help us advance in this purpose. In my case, my family is a great support. My husband supports me on what I'm doing because he knows that I'm going to be a lot happier doing what I think is important for the world, for myself. And of course, you know, this reverts into the happiness of the family. And my kids, they just oh, totally, love their money. Totally. They, they don't get to see you all day. It, that's, that's what happiness in the family's body. Working in <laughs> incredible things such as decoding brain signals into medical solutions. That's right. Diversity. Just let's do that's Let's decode the brain signals here to, to interface the natural language of the brain and the nervous system. So we can, uh, so we can, it's like a middleman, right? It's a third party coming in there and then offering everything as a service, right? But yeah. The point is why I'm playing this is the diversity, 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 equity, inclusion, feminism, look at my women, right? And obviously, you know that among this, weaved into this, is all these kinds of anti-white attitudes. And it goes back to the AI headline after headlines after headlines showing this kind of stuff, right? Who is making sure the AI machines aren't racist? AI has a racism problem, but fixing it is complicated, says experts. Yeah, why? Because, you know, as, as some people would say, you, is that because reality actually has, there is bias within reality? We aren't equal if there, equity doesn't exist. Those things are unnatural. Rise of the racist robots, how AI is learning all our worst impulses. And of course, someone who's like arguing that these... If we just gave them raw data, these machines, the, the deep learning systems, AI, and so forth, I think they would be like they would be understanding that they're different. I mean, when I say racism, they, they mean, oh, uh, there's differences, right? It, it, what was it? Some other analysis with, uh, taking place of uh, uh, human faces, right? And many times these AI or, you know, robots, whatever you want to call them, uh, they thought that black women was men, were men, right? Um, but then, you re but the reason for that is, of course, because their facial and skull structure is, is is different from that of white people. But then also that they are, as women, they have higher T levels levels than other women do. So technically, hormonally, they're closer to men than they are. See what I'm saying? There's like a Oh, but that's offensive. I don't care about that. I don't give a shit about that. It, it's, is it true or is it not? Right? That's the only that the only thing that matters at the end of the day. And then you work with that. 
So it's been very important for them to write out objective and actual reality out of these systems in order to make them, quote, not racist. You know, kind of like, and that's why, of course, it's just such a nightmare because there will be an anti-whiteness weaved into these uh, uh, systems. And even teams that are working on neuroelectronics and making computer brain interfaces go on and on about diversity and stuff and how wonderful it is and how it's just so much that the teams are so much better. Yeah, but then, but then at the same time, it has to be forced with ESGs and DEI courses and you know no one wants this but somehow it's super beneficial it's kind of like immigration right it's that they'll take care of us later if we just have more meat and bodies we'll be able to continue our debt-based system you know and then you realize but uh, wait a minute it's not all at all uh, economically viable and many of these people don't even go into the workforce and it becomes a drain on the European countries that are taking in an absurd level of, of, uh, of immigrants and refugees right all right anyway so that's that. Uh, kind of a crazy company to keep an eye on, to be honest. Um, Six Grillion say, says, by observing the vax charts and how uh, trusting the Goyamar, you can imagine how eager the normies will be to get this shit hooked up to their brains. It's hard to have much hope. I have hope in the sense that maybe all the, the right people, and when I say right people, I mean those that... Um, We'd prefer to kind of go into their own world uh, might actually go into their own world and i mean you you could you could t try to talk talk them out of it and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day that you know you can show them the door but they're the ones that are going to have to walk through it and so i'm not too concerned about that i, th I think it's pretty good in a way i, I don't like it I, I wish it wasn't so right but we're kind of i kind of view it in a cold uh darwinistic is not the right but like you know Nature, the natural order of things, right? Nature always wins. At the end of the day, uh, these people are going to find some kind of way of, uh, uh, you know, taking themselves out. And uh, if I could stop it, then we could live in what I think would be a much better world. Would I like that? Yeah, sure. But at this case, like they're build, uh, they're building their own demise, right? Brick by brick. They're building their own prison systems, but they think that this is the liberation, the path towards liberation, right? Uh, so it's kind of all upside down. But yeah, no, I, I know what you say, normies, but maybe think of it this way, Mr. Squirrelly. Maybe more normies is not what we need. And it's not, that, you know, part of our job is to try to, to reach people so we can wake up normies. And that's all good. That's the few people that have a spark. They're questioning. They, they think something is wrong in the world. They want to find out what really is going on. They're... they're questioning, you know, so-called orthodoxy. They're questioning all this stuff about the anti-white trends that we're seeing and the, the replacement and these kinds of things. Hopefully, on some level, they question that. Or they sense it, at least. All we have to do is equip, when, equip them with the thought processes and the vocabulary to express these things to understand how absurd and how wrong it is, how, how morally wrong it is. Um, so it's, it's not that I'm saying, oh, normies is a waste of time because part of what we do is partially try to reach new people and reach you know, normies and stuff like that. But I'm saying you, can't, you won't be able to stop that anyway. And, and at the end of the day, if it's people that are beyond all hope anyway, maybe you don't want to try to stop them. You see what I'm saying? Um, so don't be down by that, uh, to be honest. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe Maybe... Maybe things will free up on a level we can't even imagine right now because, you know, bad people do bad stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of gullible uh, people that are tr easily tricked um, will, uh, will, uh, will uh, swallow those, those solutions, I guess, right? Does that make sense? Am I, am I using, not, not clear enough maybe, but uh, I, I think you understand what I'm saying. I'm trying to say in a nice way 
so, sometimes people take themselves out and nature wins at the at the end of the day and uh, that's just what it is you know we can cry about it and we can say it's unfair or whatever but that's that's not going to change any of it uh, our, our job our our um, our task is to work with the variables and the the kind of the cards if you will that we've been dealt right and and make the best out of the of a very rotten situation that's that's our job uh that's kind of how i see that but i understand your point uh god odin says um if you uh me and another white dude were in a room developing something that that'd be uh, that'd be diversity. Oh, yeah, okay. So let me try it again. If you, me, and another white dude were in a room developing something, that'd be diversity of thought because we aren't the same. Does that count? My eyes are from all the eye rolling I'm doing right now. Uh, no, that does not count. So that, that's what's so fascinating about it, right? The same people would push, oh, we're all individuals and everybody's different and stuff. But then actually these people that push racial diversity are some of the most... Uh, uh, you know, shallow, if you will, uh, yes, skin deep, um, pushing uh, nonsense factories that you can ever imagine. Uh, their, their racial differences go way beyond skin, as we know, but they wouldn't admit that. But then the skin color is apparently the most important thing when it comes to diversity. Uh, but so anyway, no, thought, uh, thought diversity does not count. There they want a singular mind, and that's part of this um, neural electronic solutions so to speak that they're trying to offer us as well uh, it's to unify thought it's to get everybody on one page under this one synthetic god that they're creating right now Paris says uh, will uh, good to see you god on by the way um Paris says will what will meta facebook do when the service is flooded by european ethnostates in the future when our grandchildren are connected uh, it will be hacked well hopefully we don't get there because I, I you know there's advantages to the digital space, but to merge into it, ah, oof, I don't know. I'm not. A, I know there's some among our ranks which are very, you know, transhumanist and like we'll use the highest end technology to dominate and stuff like that. And it's like I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, well, first of all, all, I genuinely don't have a desire. I'm not saying they all, all say this, but it would be misrepresented by people who, who are enemies to say, oh, they want to they be supreme. They want to dominate, you know. Uh, and at the end of the day, I'm not sure that that's what we want to do. We could, we could direct, we can influence, we, could, we, can, um, we, can, we can develop systems that, that, that run things that will be the best for everybody. I mean, that's not the wrong with that. I'm not an anti-elitist. I, I do believe uh, there are hierarchy within nature, and that is therefore within humans as well, and, and our social networks, because we're part of nature. So I don't think we should work against hierarchy. Uh, but at the same time, it always goes, what I think is, what, what I think we need our own spaces, and I think they, the others, who, who whether they hate us or, or, or like us or whatever, they also need their own spaces. And I think that's the best course of action. You could trade with them, you could have tourism, you can go visit them, you can be best buddies or whatever, right? That's not a problem. The issue is one like they need to be in proximity to you and your people and your civilization. That's a big problem. You know, white people have developed so much anyway, Europeans, so many ingenious inventions and all these kinds of things have benefited everybody. Um, share that knowledge, share that data and let them build, you know, their own civilization with those tools. But but let, let us be us. That That's my view on it anyway, Pair. And I hope very few goes into this kind of new world that they're bu building, to be honest. All right. Um, Let's see here. 
Yeah, so uh, real uh, real quick mention here about the, uh, uh, the next, is it just a little next step to, you know, we talk about augmented reality, but we also talk about how technology would like kind of lock you in or lock you out of certain situations. And if you don't have the right, you know, passcodes or the right, and, and eventually this will probably all be like ledger or blockchain based and stuff like that. Um, here's Whole Foods, which of course recently were bought by Amazon. It's a few years ago now, I think. Uh, where a woman discovers that she can't go into the store without a QR code. I, technically, I think she can go in on the far, far right lane, and uh, but she has to pay by scanning it herself or something like that. But anyway, the, the point is, eventually, it will all be like, you need an, an app that knows everything about you and, and connected to you and have stuff on you for you to be able to enter a store. And that's happening at Whole Foods uh, right now. This is in D.C., Washington, D.C. Check this out. This is very strange. Like this is Whole Foods Yeah, so that, that's the one. Pay at register. So she, she does have an option, but eventually, as you know, as all, uh, all these things go, that's, the, that's one lane. The other three are like, no, this is the convenient way because now we're getting what we want. So the, eventually, this one that you see here will be gone. It's there for now, but eventually it, it won't. So you can't even walk in the Whole Foods unless you go through this machine? I need my own QR code. How do I get my own QR code? How do I get my own QR code? I have to have my own QR code to come into Whole Foods? What do they do? They just, what? It just knows you have it because it scans it. It knows you have products? Yeah, it's like the, the, the Wi-Fi or whatever We have like, we have 10 minutes, and then we got five. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Scan to enter. Amazon One. See, you see that up there in the cart? That's that's the, the, the trick, right? Amazon One. Let me remind you, we played this clip about a year ago. Uh, but now it's being implemented then by, uh, and the first victims are uh, shitlibs at uh, Whole Foods in the Washington, D.C. area. Check a look at this dystopian, like, scan, scan me and pay. Look at this. This is Zoe. Just like you, she uses lots of different cards and IDs to get through her day. What if all Zoe needed was herself? Introducing Amazon One. You are, you are the passcode. One, a free service that lets you use your palm to quickly pay for things, gain access, earn rewards, and more. Let's say you're grabbing rewards. It's like a, it's like a video game. It's like, um, it's like Sonic. Cling, 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 cling. Co the coins, you know, the power Super Mario or something. It's the gamification of life, right? Imagine later on. When you have CBDCs or something like that, and you can't like you can't you can't make a move. Now you've been denied. You can't use any of this. Your palm is unreadable, and, and don't even let, let, let not even get talking about like someone actually chopping off your hand, and 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 using it that way, because you know that's going to happen eventually. We live, we live in a very unfortunately uh, uncivilized Western civilization right now because of what they've done to us. Anyway, back to the clip. Your favorite coffee beverage, or heading into the office, or checking out. Just scan yourself at every stage. And look at this scene here. 
how it's hard and difficult and she's dropping something and how easy look you just look how convenient it is just scan your palm look at this just hover your palm and you're on your way it's as easy as that sign up is free and takes less than a minute all you need is a credit card your phone number and your palm that's it since your palm is unique and can't be lost or misplaced yeah i cannot <laughs> <laughs> it can never be misplaced. Your palm can't be misplaced. Let's return to that one, folks. You can get things done quickly and securely. My God, can you imagine a Paris suburb or like, you know, uh, stock outside of Stockholm or something? Oh, another, <laughs> another hand was chopped off. And with more experiences on the way, Amazon One will help you get even more done simply by being you. Just Now, you. Zoe has more time to do what she loves. That's right. Indoor skydiving. Enter, right. identify, and pay with Amazon One. Amazon One. One ring to rule them all. Isn't that always what it's <laughs> It's always it's like, just just sell your soul. Just sign this piece of paper right here. Use your, you know, your biometric signatures. Just give us your DNA right now and we'll make it convenient for you. If your baby drops something on the floor, don't worry about it. You got it. Just scan your just you scan your, your body part and you're good to go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, scary stuff. All right, so speaking of uh, payment systems and all that kind of stuff, uh, apparently uh, it's a Christmas miracle. Uh, the IRS in the United States is delaying its uh, $600 reporting rule uh, for, among others, PayPal, Venmo, I think uh, Etsy was mentioned. There's a number of other it's cash app and things like that. Uh, the Internal Revenue Service delayed a rule that would require Americans to report transactions above $600 made through third-party payments settlement organizations. A web page updated by the RS earlier this month had informed taxpayers who use platforms such as PayPal and Venmo that they could ex expect to receive a copy of Form 1099-K for a, quote, gross payment for goods or services, unquote, that exceeds $600, no matter how many transactions occurred. On Friday, however, a statement posted by the agency announced the current calendar year will instead mark a transition period for the platforms, which are still required to report transactions above $600 beginning in the 2023 tax year. The IRS and Treasury heard a number of concerns regarding the timeline of implementation of these changes under the American Rescue Plan. Acting IRS Commissioner Doug O'Donnell remarked, quote, to help smooth the transition and ensure clarity for taxpayers, tax professionals, and industry, the IRS will delay implementation of the 1099-K changes. The additional time will reduce, uh, will help reduce confusion during the upcoming 2023 tax filing season and provide more time for taxpayers to prepare and understand the new reporting requirements. Uh, yeah, they talk about the uh, the hiring of the new agents and all that kind of stuff. They got to pay for all this shit somehow, right? So this is this is one of the ways. Just a tiny little way. You trying to send some money to your friend or help out? No, forget about that. You should be taxed on that. You go out, you pay for dinner for for you know twenty people. You have a big party. You pay for it, and they shoot you off some money on these apps or whatever, Cash App, Venmo, whatever. Uh, no, no, they can't just send you money. You need a third party grubbling. You know, grabblers to come in in between there, rubbing their hands and taking 25% of that shit. Uh, it's been delayed one year. Yay, you know, but uh, this is coming down the pipe, right? The re record the, requ <clears throat> the reporting requirements prior to the 2022 tax year only apply to taxpayers with more than 200 payments 
above $20,000. You may receive a Form 1099-K uh, from each payment settlement entity from which you receive payments in settlement of blah, blah, blah. Hate that language. Beyond the amended reporting requirement enacted under the American Rescue Plan. That's right. You get Rescue America by taking money from uh, normal people, helping each other out, sending some couple of hundred dollars back and forth, basically. A stimulus measure passed last year in response to economic fallout from the lockdown-induced recession. The Inflation Reduction Act more recently greenlit 80 million, sorry, 80 billion in new funding for the IRS, which the agency will use to hire 87,000 new employees over the next decade. Officials have said that more than uh, doubling the agency's headcount is intended to decrease wait times for phone calls and help centers. Sure. As well as upgrade information technology used by agents. Scan, scan everything. <laughs> infiltrate everything. Anyway, it goes on from there. You get the idea. And of course, we're lucky now, the Americans are, uh, that uh, a donation, what was it again? A donation of $47 billion have been made in your name uh, to the country of Ukraine. Uh, I think it's about $100 billion, uh, right now that has been uh, handed out. Uh, with all the issues, with all the problems, with all the homelessness, with all the depravity and the just extreme hardships that many people are going through right now, sending about $100 billion to Ukraine is, is, is obviously uh, the right thing to do. To, to, to send it to a Jewish uh, cross-dressing twink. Um, that that's 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 going to make it much feel much better for working class Americans and those without the home, home and those who can't get help and stuff like that. Uh, all right, so big banks. I guess we can switch over to this here. Uh, let me see. Uh, Masik Grillian says uh, paying with your palm wouldn't be a good idea if we had people imported into our countries that are familiar with hacking off limbs and mach with machetes. That's right. It's almost like it's. It's, it's like that's actually one of the ways that they did they solved their issues right it's like and you could i mean you could argue right that, that was it a petty thief or something gets their hand chopped off and i mean that's the way they control things over there but yes they've that they've normalized that in a, in, a, in a country then or civilization that has no you know defined rules of punishment for 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 these kinds of transactions or, or like uh, violation transgressions that's what i'm looking for you know, they rape and riot and rage and all that kind of stuff. And basically nothing happens, right? So I, I'm sure we're just like, yeah, you're hand chopping away from this to become a new epidemic. Also, another one's palm was, you know, chopped off and they went and, and uh, purchased a bunch of, uh, you know, I don't know, ice cream and pornos or something at the local uh, store. Uh, anyway, thank the gods we don't have any of those people. Yeah, exactly. Thank God we don't have imported people that are accustomed to hand chopping uh, into our countries. Very good. Thank you. Pat says, uh, but you can steal in California for $1,000 without being arrested. Yes, absolutely. Good point. I think you need to be declared that uh, I think you need to declare what you have stolen. Uh, is that actually a thing? That actually, oh, no, this is what I stole. It's okay. I'm under the poverty line. Yes, it's complete law lawlessness. That's why they call it anarcho-tyranny, right? Complete lawlessness. Um, for all the right type of people, you normally it's just run by skin shade, right? If you're if you're white enough, all the rules apply to you, and if you're dark enough, none of the rules apply to you. And in fact, you'll get handouts too, uh, like you get in uh, Oakland right now. Remember, there was a non-white uh, non-white families get uh, financial help. A UBI program was in, initiated there by, uh, believe it or not, a, a Jewish mayor, Libby Schaff. God Odin says, uh, yeah, this PayPal shit also crypto. 
if you use Coinbase to turn crypto into cash, the government uh, now knows the each exact penny and how much uh, they can fuck you with their tax dildos. That's right. <laughs> What's the final count in the U.S. now? Eventually taxed uh, at like 60%. Yeah, it'll go to... Um, to Swedish levels of tax in some way. It's a, and it's a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. No one can get out and stuff like that. Hopefully there are parallel structures and systems that that pop up. I mean, again, if, if they implement CBDCs, all, none of this matters, you know, in a way. Because if you're, if you're a wrong thinker, you will be built out of that system. And, and as I've said before, thank God for that. Uh, I, I think we need to be built out of the, their system, to be honest. Because uh, it is a nightmare, and I, at some point you're going to want to have no part of that whatsoever. Thank you, God, Owen. Here we go. Check this out here. Speaking of banks and payment systems and all that kind of stuff, the the, the criminals, the most, I mean, if there's any like criminal class that you can think of, it's the banksters, right? The banking class. Wall Street's big banks score one trillion dollars of profit in a decade. It isn't just the scale of profit that's startling, but the industry's ability to push through scandals and thrive anew. In other words, they keep shoving these dildos up your ass over and over and over again, collectively, of course, as a people, right? And they keep getting away with it. What was it? There was some other shit now with Wells Fargo that was coming out there. Yes, we know they just opened bank accounts in people's names. Yes, we know they discriminate against people with the wrong political opinions and shut down their bank accounts and screw over their financial ability to, uh, you know, pro process credit cards online and all that kind of stuff. They put you on, uh, uh, what is the term again? Li not liability. Um, oh, I forget the term now. It's some some gay term. Uh, is it, oh, this is a risk for us. You, you know. Oh, yeah, such a big risk. Meanwhile, of course, they, they process, you know, payments for pedophiles and, you know, Epstein's account was fine. Keep keep that shit going. Uh, you know, the, the, the porn hubs out there, they're, they're totally fine, right? I think something was, oh, a, ooh, a little bit was done towards them, and then they came back again, and they, of course they found solutions, right? Oh, absolutely, no problem. If you say the wrong things on the internet that they don't agree with, and it, and it doesn't even have to be, I mean, we don't we don't break the law, we don't encourage violence, we don't, you know, we try to keep it clean, we, we have fun with some stuff, and we joke about stuff, but it's not like we're like, you know, some, uh, you know, glowy, fetty, fetish language of, you know, like uh, over-the-top rhetoric in order to, like, you know, raise eyebrows or whatever. Uh, you know, although that's that's fun or whatever. Some, some people think that's fun or whatever. But uh, no, it's just you can just, you know, just know this is wrong. These are our opinions. This is what we stand for. This is what we think has to be done uh, to basically restore our, our, our countries once more. Because obviously everything is going down the drain. No, that's it. You're out. You're out of the financial system. Ha ha. While this shit continues. And these criminals go on to profit record profits over the last decade. So first they have this. I hate when they do these stories. You join Morgan Stanley in the grim days of 2009. This long form bullshit article. Just get to the data and what it says. I don't need to hear some story. I don't need to identify with some dumb banker scum that went to join as uh, unscrupulous bankers company back in 2009. Just forget about it. Uh, banking giants are about to hit one trillion in a decade here, says the uh, story. Let me go full screen here. So we can see this total profit at the six 
biggest U.S. banks is accelerating. So after all of this, it's accelerating. And by the way, Wells Fargo is going to get you that too. There was, it was something else recently that came out, some other kind of scandal. It, it's got to be the most despicable, disgusting fucking bank around. And these banks need to go under. No, of course, we have a political class that at every turn will defend them. They will bail them out. They're too big to fail. All of a sudden, uh, you know, free market capitalism doesn't apply. And it's just social uh, corporate uh, welfare for these big banks. It's absolutely disgusting. And anyway, here you can see the graphs here. JP Morgan in black. Bank of America in uh, pink. Fuchsia, whatever that is. Gray, that's Wells Fargo. Blue is Citigroup. Yellow is Goldman Sachs. How appropriate. Uh, and then you have green, Morgan Stanley. Uh, let me see what else the piece says here. Um, the first billion dollar decade for the six giants of U.S. banking. That's not one trillion of total revenue. It's pure profit. Check that out. It's pure profit. One trillion among these six. Such a haul didn't seem possible before the decade began when Wall Street was the target of a global protest movement. Isn't it funny? What happened to the Occupy Wall Street movement? Isn't that an interesting thing? That's a study in and of itself, by the way, how that was hijacked. And it all turned into like anti-whiteism and turned, and he was that, of course, within the Occupy Wall Street. But you could argue there was like something more. It was like a direct one issue thing like deal with the damn banks and the financial system kind of thing and i don't agree with everything of course some of these people pushed and some of them were commies and stuff like that but surely this is something that the common man and woman can can unite under right let's let's take care of these banks and let uh, let's let's rein them in nope that disappeared and then it became about climate change it became about carbon credits it became about uh, diversity and equity and open borders and all these other uh, issues right and of course who's pushing all that today it's the banks it's the uh, uh the, the the asset managers right the black rocks and we'll talk more about them later too by the way how they're uh, uh how they're going in all, all in with ukraine right now um when Wall Street was the target of a global protest movement and politicians at both ends of the spectrum were seething over bailouts or aiming to break up too big to fail lenders they swelled instead, outpacing corporate America so handedly that J.P. Morgan Chase and company, Bank of America, and even hobbled Wells Fargo are on track to make profit over those 10 years uh, than all of a few public traded U.S. companies. Make, make more profit over those 10 years than all but a few public traded companies, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley aren't far behind. And together, the six are poised to make even more next year. The pandemic, remember we've shown the, the stats of like how much money was shuffled up to the, the banking class and the wealthiest among us uh, after the lockdowns and the pandemic and stuff like that. All a big show, folks. All a big club, and you're not in it. While much of the world's attention was focused on the riches minted by Silicon Valley, banks were gaining momentum. There isn't one way to explain how they pulled it off. Volatility juiced Wall Street's uh, trading halls. Investment bankers like Diop rode a deal-making boom and... Donald Trump boosted bottom lines by slashing taxes. Thank you, Donald. Um, you shouldn't do it for do it for everyone. Like do away with these gay like six hundred dollar. You're going to be taxed for your six hundred dollars that you sent to a friend to help out. <laughs> it's, it's criminal. It's utterly criminal. Likewise, there isn't one reaction across the industry to the mild milestone. Uh, I guess here's something else here. How they how the profit was made. Blah blah blah. 
Sometimes there is this sense that the fact that they profited that uh, that much is somehow terrible, and I just don't think that's the case," said Betsy Duke, a former Federal Reserve governor who chaired Wells Fargo's board until 2020. Yeah, that's it's totally fair that we make that much money, but everything you could throw at the financial system has been thrown. Oh, did you did you experience challenges? Ooh. Poor banks. These banks have not just survived, but they've actually thrived. Yeah, with no outside, totally organic, with no outside help whatsoever. Guess who's picking up the damn tab for this? It's future generations, yours and mine. Everywhere, globally. In a decade of public anger at the banks, tougher rules, geopolitical havoc, the pandemic, and some treacherous market swings. That's very nice. Very nice way of putting it, Bloomberg. Banks were able to cope with all of that and not only cope with it, but earn a trillion dollars, Duke said. Analyst estimates show the six banks are quickly closing in on that feat, one trillion in a 10-year period. And that if they don't reach the milestone at the end of this month, they will sometime in the first few weeks of 2023. It isn't just the scale of profit that's so startling, though, but the industry's ability to push through scandals and thrive anyway. There's, there's, there's no organizing. It's so divided. And I'm not going to say, oh, they're all trying to divide us. And if we all just united, we'd be able to solve this. It's not that simple. And especially with immigration and anti-whiteness and stuff, this, this is becoming virtually impossible. But I'm saying that's one of the reasons why some of these banks and stuff are pushing this shit as well. ESG, diversity, equity, inclusion, like all the stuff. Because it gets you so occupied with all the little nonsense on the street levels that the people will not be able to organize. A simple trick would be, these banks are despicable and disgusting. Everyone, right now, take out your money of the of this bank and let's just let's destroy it, right? All the businesses, take out your money. Let's show them what happens with an un, unscrupulous uh, big bank, right? That organization, that that unity doesn't exist within the the populace in in virtually any country in the West, right? You just cannot do it. And. And that's the point. And that that's not the reason why they're pushing diversity, but it's one of the the benefits that they have. You you're you're busy. You you can't even you can't even walk into the corner store, or, or you know the little uh, kiosk or whatever, and make a simple purchase without there being some issue or problem. Or now it's he looked at me the wrong way, and so it's racism. And you know, when you're that when when the diversity is so divisive right on, on in everyday life and at every encounter that you have and it's always that it's always it's always some anti-white thing or someone's mad at you because you looked at them the wrong way and even if that's not the case you know what i mean you will be 100 percent occupied by just trying to keep your your daily routine as as drama free as possible if that's the best term instead of of course helping to organize people and and help looking at who's at the top of the pyramid who's doing this to us and, and part of that eye at the very top is, of course, these banks, right? It's not the only part, but it's a big part of it. Ten years ago, J.P. Morgan, now the most profitable and valuable U.S. bank by market capitalization, was in the doghouse after the London whale trading fiasco. Okay, is that another one? I missed that one. Wells was on top of the big six, the most valuable and sole member of the group, pulling in more than $20 billion. Holy shit. And they set up accounts. They did all these things. 
though its earnings were later derailed over revelations of consumer abuse, analysts see it nearing the level again in 2023. So they're just right back at there. Paying for, anyway, this piece goes on here. Paying for scandals. To get out of the shadow of the global crisis, the banks had to pay. In 2014, Bank of America agreed to pay, to pay a record-breaking $16.7 billion settlement to end probes into shoddy mortgage practices, practices, passing JP Morgan's by $13 billion. By then, some banks were mining new veins of profit that got them into trouble. So they just pay. It's like big pharma. They just pay. They just pay a fine, and that's it. Then they roll. Who's getting this money? Where did this money go? Who gets $16.7 billion? Did the people who were screwed over, did they get this money? Probably not. JP Morgan, 13 billion. No, this is handed back to the government. This is handed back to the state. And then they use those mechanisms to put push ESG and more stuff that's going to screw us over. It's just holy shit. It's just so disgusting. We are going to need to leave this system behind. Just pull out your money out of these banks. Don't do business with them. They're small local things you can work with. There, there's uh uh, I mean, in the U.S., it's uh, um, credit unions and things like that. I think there are other similar solutions, at least in some uh, European countries. There's other types of banks and stuff like that, right? Anyway, this goes on here. I don't want to read the rest of this shit. Disgusting. All right. Um, all right. All right. So let's go over to something different here. Let's play. Uh, let's let's tackle the uh, the anti-white issue because that's 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 not that's not that's never a recurring theme here on this show. Um, this is, this is, I guess, part of the environment that uh, these banks have helped uh, to create, and even asset managers such as uh, uh, BlackRock and, and Vanguard are helping to create this uh, this this wonderful world of ours when everything can be uh, pinned on uh, white people. Check out this. Uh, Lunatic on TikTok. Like, that's new. White people are the reason racism exists. White people are the reason climate change exists. White people are the demise of human. I'm sorry, what did you say? You were cut off there. I couldn't hear the rest of that. Check out this clip. Here's from um, the uh, UK. I just put it out on our Telegram. Uh, schools in the UK are teaching kids that, and this is what it means, if you're white you have an unfair advantage, and therefore that's wrong, and that needs to change. It's anti-whiteness weaved into the curriculum, and they're teaching by default that white people are evil. Check that. Check this out. Will be decided by the answers to questions that we are going to be asking you. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's a joke. This activity is intended to explore how society favors one race over others. People often yes, it's very uh, it's very popular right now to be white, and you just you're getting a lot for it. And confuse white privilege with being wealthy or being rich, and it isn't about that. What it's about is the absence of having to live with the consequences of racism. Now. Our, our society and culture are worshipping uh, black people. It is worshipping refugees. It's it's worshipping migrants. They're getting ahead of the queue. You're getting you're getting everything handed to you just because you're not white. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? 
lunatic. If the question applies to you, you will take a big step forward. If the answer to the question doesn't apply to you, you stay where you are. I'd better win, man. Okay, make sure you're on the start line. I see some cheaters already. Yeah, Feet behind the line. If English is your parents' first language, take a step forward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Yep, this, no, this, uh, anyway, let's get, you know what this is going here. Let's keep playing. If you have ever been the only person in the room of your race, take a step <laughs> I I know white kids. There are the only uh, race in in the uh, uh, you know only one of the race in the room in, in classrooms, right? We've shown you photos of <laughs> one kid in the UK or in France or some suburb in Sweden sitting there, like where the hell am I? See now when the tables turn in some of these areas, that is not going to be an issue. That those things are slowly going to be taken out of these kinds of little exercises that they hardwire into kids to teach them anti-whiteness. As soon as the table turns, no, that's not going to be a problem. Oh, oh, so you're a minority now? Oh, you're not going to have any rights. If you've never been asked where you come from, take a step forward. If you have never had to be worried about your family being stopped and searched, take a step forward. I don't get worried about if people ask me to stop and search. The divide widens and the inequality of their position becomes clear. This is just like not fair now. <laughs> I love what they do it with kids. Oh my God, it's right. Look, this, first of all, this is the most dumb way of like showing how things operate in, 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 I guess, society. That's their point here. Like, it's not a race of who gets there first. That's not, this is not what it is, right? No, this is why they want equity. If you have long, nice legs and you can do ballet better, we're going to chop them off. That's what this is about. It's about, it's not about lifting up. It's about holding back those who they think artificially have an advantage over others. So gay. None of us are alive. It's not fair. So the last question. Listen to that sad music, folks. How can you how can you deny these poor children? We we must upend white supremacy, folks. Right now. If your parents have ever warned you about racism, take a step <laughs> backwards. <laughs> if we were about to start a race and then it's w take one step backwards like wait a minute what why are you doing that now it's about taking a step it, uh, anyway none of this makes this is some dumb pedagogy uh, uh tricks that they have up their sleeve to try to prove something which which is not the case right uh and furthermore all the issues that they're mentioning anyway uh i know plenty of of native europeans they're experiencing racism every day they're being hated for being white. They're being abused. They're being raped. They're being hit. They're being targeted. They're being harassed. No, no one is no one is feeling pity for them. Not in our society, anyway. No, they cover up those stories. They don't talk about it in the mainstream. Man, I tell you, being non-white in a in in a white country, some of the greatest privilege that some people have ever experienced coming into our lands. They get they get everything. They even they, then they even get handed the the pity, right? The guilt on top of it. 
Is this a fair starting no. point for us all? No! Nakai, no. how do you feel? So therefore, fuck white people. Got it. All standing there in the... Oh, that's it. Okay. All right. A little out of sync there, video and audio, but okay. Yeah, very good. I think it was... Yeah, Lord Aragon said on uh, Odyssey... Uh, this is the dumbest logic I've ever heard of, Henrik. Yes, indeed. Uh, th there is no logic to any of this. Let's just make up an arbitrarily an, an arbitrary uh, concept about taking a step forward and back based on random questions that we throw up that will be, be, be obviously be biased against white people, right? Uh, I can think of other things to uh, uh, think of. Have uh, have members of your race ever been uh, gang raped? Have they been? Uh, do you know someone who was groomed, uh, for example? You know, <laughs> there's other questions you can bring into this equation here to change the results here. Anyway, even the results make no point whatsoever. Anyway, I saw this on on Telegram. Um, Black Phillips says, "I'd like to remind shitlibs, Obama tan, uh, Obama fan, maybe uh, or tan on a platform of bringing the banksters to justice in 2008." That's right. Yeah, I, I remember uh, vaguely talking about some of that. However, his attorney general declined to press charges against even a single bank. Oops, Seethe and Cope bank simps. Yeah, I mean, today they are uh, they are on their page, right? It's um, it's the same thing with uh, Greta Thunberg, right? Wasn't it? Let me see if I can find that. If we save the banks, we can save the the world. Yeah, here it is. Ch uh, check this out here. Yeah, here it is. This is a good one. It's a look, I made some music and stuff on it, but it, it gets the point across. The point is, they love the banks now because the banks are are their guys. They're doing their bidding. Uh, it's on their team. They're pushing largely the kind of things that they want to see in the world, and these shitlibs are dumb enough to fall for it. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, they, they'll be hung out and sold and, and entrapped and, and imprisoned into the system being built as everyone else. But right now, they're they're, they're riding high on this. They think, we're getting ahead, you know. Uh, here's Greta Thunberg. Going back to the first topic there of, of her talking about uh, uh, Andrew Tate's uh, uh, verifiably small penis. Uh, but here's the banks. The money is there. If we can save the banks, if then we can save the world. <laughs> I mean... And listen to the applause there, too. This is at an Intercept event. You will own nothing. And you will be happy. happy. I mean, I'm not the enemy. At least, I hope not. Ooh. Well, you are the enemy. You you became the enemy. You are, you're not the enemy, but you became um, a roadblock that the enemy puts put in our way. <laughs> Here, focus on, it is, you know, again, it's fun to make fun of these people sometimes, and, it, and it's not that you can't have fun, but ultimately, they are not the one pushing. The, they still have this attitude, like if, if uh, the World uh, uh, Trade, uh, or, or sorry, like the World Economic Forum or like some UN, some climate group or something like that, invites Greta Thunberg to, to stage to to scream, you know, and, and bitch out world leaders, then people sit at home on their TVs and like, ooh, she's showing them now. And it's like, no, they're bringing her on because they want her to say those things to them. So that the focus will be turned on to the audience or the people at home watching on their TVs. That's right. 
you have to allow us to do we have to do more to fix this to save the children and look at this look at this poor little girl being angry and upset about the climate now give us all your money get in the pod start eating the bugs to make her happy and give us the tools so we can save this little girl and everyone else save the banks there you go that's what it's all about well it looks like they have been saved and no thanks to you and uh, and again the the complete uh screw over with the occupy movement but that's a good point the um the obama thing it's as always right it's always with these politicians a lot of talk right oh i'll do this we'll fix this oh is this an issue you're experiencing? of course we'll do that right and then they get in and nothing happens big surprise we're being fooled over and over again God Odin says, "Holy shit, dude! Is she mentally capable? I'm not trying to being. Uh, I'm not trying to be a dick and a troll uh, right now. No, I mean, no, I don't think. I don't think she is. She's been told a lot of stuff, and I think she genuinely have been. I mean, she mentioned that. I put that in one of the videos I did about the ten reasons Greta Thunberg is wrong. Uh, I think I titled it." She genuinely was like watching these nature documentaries, a poor, poor polar bears and stuff. She's like obviously like autistic. She's dealing with some of these issues. I think she admits it in the in the piece too. And she was sold. She was propagandized into thinking like we're we're going to die if 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 no one does anything. And so given the inform given that the, the she only got these sets of of material to look at this inf- set of information. She's the reasoning is is logical. The only problem is she's missing all this other stuff, which is like contributes to a broader picture. And now, of course, she's being weaponized and used as a as a weapon and, and as a tool against everybody. And of course, now you could argue when she's a little older, she's just kind of dumb enough uh, to go along with it. But she said, at least I, I at least I don't think I'm the enemy. <laughs> that's actually very that's very um, poignant. It's very. Um, uh, very, very, very um, self. She's very self-aware in a way, right? She's, she's like, "Well, are you? Can, can you? Are you being manipulated by someone? Will you look into this?" You know, kind of thing. All right. Um. Here is an example. Let me see here. No, not that one. Not that one. Where to go? Oh, the white people. That's right. Uh. Where the hell did that go? Maybe that didn't open. Huh, okay, I'll open those again here. Yeah, here's uh, <clears throat> here's what... Uh, <laughs> speaking of the real estate issue with the banks and all that stuff. Um, Seattle home prices fall twice as fast as the rest of you. Which is kind of funny, right? We've, we've talked about what's happening in Seattle, right? Uh, anyway, so here's more of the anti-white uh, theme, really. <clears throat> um if there's one thing white people really hate, it's explaining in detail where their grandparents are from. Someone replies to uh, someone who's saying, normalize asking white people where they're really from. <clears throat> I think that would be, as, as the reply, I think that'd be a great idea. I don't think any white people have any problem. Uh, talk, I, in fact, I think it would be good for them to understand if they're like in, you know, if they're in uh, you know, America or Canada or, or Australia, New Zealand or something like that, because of course we're all no- we're as white people we're, we're native to Europe. Europe, we're Europeans. Um, it would actually be good for white people to understand that they are white and that they are Europeans, no matter what they, where they are. So I'd I'd, I'd for one uh, welcome that. But talking about the privilege, check uh, check this out here. Uh, let me see how good the translation here is. Just just one example, right, of like how how well white people are. Considering that clip we saw from the UK. 
with the schools there, trying to trick people into thinking that white people are not, um, you know, ever targets, never experience racism, never, they always, you know, get a, a free meal kind of thing. Uh, Ali al-Rubay, Rubai, was finally sentenced after three years, but also was, was sent to uh, prison for a serious drug offense. You've got 5.5 years, translation a little bit if you hear. So the following crime and attack, violent attack on a girl that we're going to look at in a video here, a Swedish girl, was discounted. In other words, they didn't include that finally in the criminal charges against this scum who shouldn't even be in our country. The girl in this case received $15,400, which is like uh, $1,500 for, for this in um, damages. That's the term, right? Ali is allowed to stay in Sweden, as is the person who filmed this video, who is an Iraqi citizen. Uh, check this out here. <laughs> Look at this here. The, the setup here. This is the what the knockout game. This this is this is what it's like to be a white person in some of these areas now, diverse areas. Why are, why are these people still in our countries? Why are they even allowed to be there? What is what's the point, right? What is the point? What do they contribute? What do they do? What's the purpose? They're like they're not working. They're violently attacking everybody. I have a couple of more clips here in relation to this, or, or a couple of more uh, updates on this here. Actually, this guy, check this out. Just happened to came, come across that. Uh, let me open a couple of these. We have these ready here. But uh, uh, yeah, this was the original video that was linked up. Uh, someone says that he was he was captured and he was beaten up. There's something to take solace in. I'm not sure who did that, but apparently this is the guy. He was um, uh, he was captured and then finally was was beaten up by someone. And here he is, like kind of uh, I guess trying to explain how how how, uh, how sorry he uh, how much he feels sorry about himself over this or some shit like that. Mm. I can't even hear what he's saying, this this idiot. Alright, I don't I don't know, I can't read all the thing ever. Apparently that's the what the poster says. He was captured and got what be, beaten up. Like good. Hopefully from uh, hopefully from uh, Swedish men who did that. Here it is. What wonderful a wonderful addition. Uh, to our country in Sweden, folks. He's gonna take. He's gonna take care of us when we're older. See, we just we're getting the cream of the crop, folks. Another one. Check this out. Sweden Ira Iraqi rapist who caused permanent internal bleeding to his victim have been shot dead in Rinkeby. What a loss, folks. Uh, in 2014, Abdul Maki Bekerhidi, along with seven other Arab migrants, were arrested for the brutal gang raping of a Swedish teenage girl, which shocked the peaceful Scandinavian nation. The only, and I said, the only sad aspect of this is that it wasn't a Swedish man that got to take out this trash and got to uh, to finish this once and for all. Uh, but yeah, if, if we don't, if we don't take care of this, I, I guess they will take care of themselves. That's what I was descending into, right? Um, 
tell me again how we're how we're privil privileged living in our countries, right? Um, and it's like this one we're, we're we're occupied, and there's still some dumb boomers out there trying to claim that this is like oh it's oh it's the Nazis all over again. You, you we've shown some of the riots right of all the Moroccans or you know, whatever the hell it is now. It's just a big kebab riot in 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 France right now in Paris, right? Look at that occupation there, 1940. It was uh, uh, quite uh, quite different, quite something. Uh, and now, of course, <clears throat> with this new spicy, exciting edition, uh, it is, of course, a total shit show. Here's uh, a couple of pictures of them riding during uh, Christmas here uh, in Paris, or a couple of, uh, couple of clips. <laughs> France is no longer France, folks. So it's an amazing addition to our uh, to our lands. Waving their damn flags. Go home to Morocco. What are you even doing here? Deport them all. Send them all back. They're all going to have to go back. One day or another, they will. One way or another, and one day, they will go back. They will be sent home. And they'll be down. And you're like, how many goddamn Moroccans is there in Paris? What the hell are they doing there? Who invited these people? It's just like, what, what, what's, what's happening here? It's just, it's sick, right? It's insane. All right. Um, one positive thing here, beyond the fact that we'll send them back one day, uh, it sure is, uh, I think, I think a lot of people are like, what, um, is this, is this, ne is this never going to stop? Or what, what, when, when does it stop? Is it, is, is it a, um, is it a destination or is it a journey? Well, what's the uh, what's the wording again? There was someone who's like asking that. Like, what, when when is this diversity enough? Like, if we is there a certain point we need to reach percentage wise, or is it is it like hundred percent? And of course, then it won't be Paris anymore. It's not Paris now, even with you know still what I don't know forty <laughs> percent. I hope of French people living there. Maybe not even that now. Maybe most of them are fleeing. Well, one surprise in the U.S. when it comes to the open borders issue and the immigration stuff is that uh, the Supreme Court uh, are going to keep Title 42 in place indefinitely. I still heard that they're going to, and, and Title 42 is the thing that came in under Trump during COVID. It was basically like, let's try to limit immigration. It's still a problem, of course, with illegal immigration. They're still going over the borders. People are still coming in. They're seeking asylum, all these things, right? But at least it was this, uh, for a while under the Trump administration, it was this like, uh, borders are closed, like don't come here, and apparently it was dropping to record lows at a certain point. And then you couple this with this like business capitalist 
you know, desire that like we have to open the borders because we have all these vacant jobs and we have to have many, many more workers coming to the country because uh, the usual argument is, oh, white people don't want to do the, these jobs. So we have to just open the borders. Right. But I was surprised then that they're keeping this in place. But I, I read that it was up until another de decision was going to be made about it. So we'll see. I'm sure this will be upended at some point, but for now at least, okay, it's something now deal with the illegal immigration, right? Because this is just about like, you know, the the, the legal measures, right? Uh, they're not dealing with the, the illegal immigration, um, but at least occasionally there's been some stuff done about, you know, legal, right? Uh, remember then after that, Trump mentioned, oh, we're going to have more immigrants than ever coming into the U.S., but they, as long as they come in and replace us legally, right? That was the, that was the issue. All right. Um, let me see. Uh, uh, Mr. Gorillion says, there wasn't a single Negroid at my high school. The Mexicans were segregated to their own areas or area uh, with their own classes. It was great. I wonder what that school looks like now. Yeah, how long ago was that? 20 years? 10? Maybe more? I don't know. Depends on how old you are. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I, it was, you know, 98% white when I when I grew up in uh, the schools I went to in Sweden. Look at it now. Holy shit. Uh, fear not. Uh, order will be restored. And uh, that's what uh, we're going to work towards tirelessly and nonstop. Even if we have to uh, retreat and let society fall and descend into chaos... Uh, than to return back, take it over, and to you know pick up the pieces or, or build anew. That's what we have to do. No one knows exactly how this is going to be done, uh, but it is going to be done sooner or later. Lycan Warrior says we got to stop dis, uh, dissing the Nazis. Ye, is that what he said, right? What a world we live in when it takes a billionaire black rapper to red pill the normies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, it really has become... You know the the go-to card. I mean, we none of you will be surprised at this unless you're a newcomer. But like, it's been that has been used as the number one weapon why we can't do anything as white people because Nazis and and it will be just will be Nazis again, uh, kind of thing. And then of course you look at a picture like that and it's just like, yeah, it's a little it's a little bit a little bit of difference. Even the people are like, well, at least we're not speaking German, you know. <laughs> Well, now you're speaking Arabic, so uh, you know how do you like them apples? Um, totally the right, the, totally the right side one, guys. Completely, one hundred percent. All right, I gotta uh, hurry up here a little bit because I do have some more stuff. I want to cover the hotel stuff. We have a thing on the, we have a thing on the COVID stuff, but that we should talk. Well, it kind of it, it all bleeds into each other, to be honest. Check out this here: Australian police is talking about how we have to report people. Uh, if they, if you hear any COVID conspiracy theories around the COVID-19 vaccine. We've got other specialist teams involved, like our COVID online team, uh, evidence extraction experts, our forensic police. We also have involved our security and counterterrorism teams. And the reason that they're involved is that they are uh, skilled at looking at um, motivation between a motivation of why people do things like we saw last Monday. So they're skilled at looking at things like religiously motivated extremism, ideological motivated extremism, issue motivated extremism, grievance fueled violence, and even pathological uh, fueled violence. So they're assisting the investigation centre and the Ethical Standards Command. 
Are you broadly concerned, I guess, after seeing something like this with an attack on police and the rise in kind of conspiracy theories since the start of COVID? Is that something that police are concerned about? Of course, of course, uh, and right across the country. I mean, my part of my role is in counterterrorism, and um, and and we meet uh, nationally uh, with the Australian New Zealand Counterterrorism Committee and discuss these issues uh, regularly. So we do um, investigate and monitor people who demonstrate, and we know show concerning behaviour. Uh, look, that hasn't been reported to me, but that's not uncommon, uh, and, and we welcome that information. As, as I said before, if if it's anybody out there that knows of someone that might be showing concerning behaviour around, <laughs> you know, conspiracy theories, anti-government, anti-police, um, conspiracy theories around COVID-19 vaccination, as what we're seeing with the train family, we'd want to know about. We want to know about that. Uh, and you can either contact police directly or, or go through Crime Stop. <clears throat> Total just like, I mean, utterly just absurd <laughs> developments in Australia. As Loki's lad said in uh, the Yule, Yule Show, there it's just insane shit. We share the other clip on uh, from New Zealand. Uh, same thing there, just suspicious behavior and call everybody as soon as there's something happening, and the, whether it's a COVID conspiracies or something, these are now terrorist, you know, dangerous criminals, criminals who should be treated accordingly and locked up, maybe put in mental asylums. Maybe we should you, maybe we should use the in-brain technology uh, to alter their brain patterns to make sure they don't think these dangerous thoughts anymore. I had another clip, Joe. We don't have to play it. Australian uh, police want access on all, to all your social media right now, too, to crack down on what they call is online abuse. It's all about this, you know, misinformation, misinformation, and whether it's COVID or or all these other things. Um, that's like one of the n number one talking points right now. Uh, is we have to restrict people's ability to communicate things that they consider to be offensive or dangerous or something like that. Here's everyone's favorites, right? Uh, the U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health, Rach Richard, was it Richard? Dickie Levine, calling for censorship uh, of those who criticize gender-affirming care. So health professionals have a critical role to play. We must continue and to expand their work to address health misinformation directly with their patients. Now, this includes, but it goes beyond COVID-19. So I'd like to just talk briefly about another area of substantial misinformation that is directly impacting health equity in our nation. And that is the health equity of sexual and gender minorities. There is substantial misinformation about gender affirming care for transgender and gender diverse individuals. We are in this nation facing an onslaught of anti-LGBTQI and onslaught plus actions at the state levels across. The yes, no one is looking out. No one is looking out for the LGBTQIIP plus community. United States, and they are dangerous to the public. It's health. not like that they're being backed by by the establishment, where people are claiming that those who criticize them should be censored and shut down, and maybe even criminally charged for for saying the wrong thing. It's it's not like we live in a world where that's happening right now. The positive value of gender-affirming care for youth and adults is not in scientific or medical dispute. So we all need to work together to get our voices um, out in the front line. We need to get in our voices in the public eye. And we, can, we know how effective our medical community can be talking to communities, whether it's at town halls, schools, conversations with others. 
And we need to use our clinician's voice to collectively advocate for our tech companies to create a healthier, cleaner information environment. That's right. A cleaner, a healthy. We need a vaccine to deal with the pesky uh, critics who don't think that it's pertinent that we should have access to your kids and change their uh, their sex, uh, start to give them uh, dangerous so-called medication, dangerous drugs that will alter who they are, uh, and then just uh, in general, just have access to uh, to touching your kids while we read uh, bedtime stories uh, at them about uh, you know sec some sex theme. Uh, in some kids' book somewhere. During a moment when public trust in our leaders and our information is very challenged, the healthcare worker community, the medical community does, I believe, maintain a high degree of trust. And we have to utilize that and we have to utilize it effectively. Uh, yes. So so sh shut it all down. If there's any critique of what we're doing, because, of course, they 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 are infallible. They're doing nothing wrong. These people the, the dra from the drag queen story hour um, <clears throat> to to the manipulation of kids in schools and things like that, to crazy teachers that are pushing all kinds of confusing gender issues on kids who basically just want to fit in. They want to be liked. They want to understand what's popular and stuff. If you surround these kids with all this stuff in this environment and that, that they think that's normal, they will start adapting to thinking that's normal, right? Um, so anyway, it reminded me of this too. Dr. Peter Hotez, which is one of these guys on the front lines making, uh, really pushing hard for the COVID-19 jab. Um, I think he worked at the NIH. There's, there, there's other people who have you know, kind of circled him as being one of the responsible people for, for, for what... Uh, happened leading up to the uh, C-19 jab and stuff like that, right? I think, he, I believe he had prior work. Uh, there's some there, I've done far better research on this guy than me, but I, if I remember correctly, I think he did some initial studies with Moderna and NIH, and there were some like co-shared patents between them and stuff like that. I think he's been part of it since that time. Anyway, listen to what he said. Same thing here, same theme, right? Whether it's, you know, someone's criticizing or not believing everything we're telling them about the C-19 jab, uh, or they're critical of like, uh, you know, pedophile issues, uh, or like abusing kids issues, we need to shut them down. And in fact, it's dangerous. This video was released by the World Health Organization with Peter, Dr. Dr. Peter Hotez at the, as the main star. Check this out. We have to recognize that anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression, has now become a major killing force globally anti-science aggression. During the COVID pandemic in the United States, 200,000 Americans needlessly lost their lives because they refused a COVID vaccine, even after vaccines became widely available. And now that anti-vaccine activism is expanding across the world, even into low and middle income countries. It's a killing force. Anti-science now kills more people than things like gun violence, global terrorism, nuclear proliferation, or cyber attacks. And now it's become a political movement. In the U.S., it's linked to far extremism on the far right. Same in Germany. So this is a new face of anti-science aggression. And so we need political solutions to address this. It's amazing how they've just lumped everything together and it's just like it's all this just these everything we disagree with is just that's terrorism and 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 whatever it is whatever issue it is they're killing people now you know we we played this once before but the, you know then people make the the 
comparison and talk about the fact that like the third leading cause of death in in the U.S. right now is is doctors, right? Hospitals and uh, improperly prescribed drugs and these kinds of things, right? You see, they can kill people. Big Pharma can go on and and murder seven, you know, here's 17,000 people or whatever. They lost their lives at some crazy new drug that they thought would work, but it didn't work. Oh, well, then we pay, we pay the fine. Four billion, you know, and and then we can continue as usual. If you say the wrong things online, however, then then you're a big problem, and you you need to be dealt with. We're gonna shut your shut your ability down to continue talking uh, or or even doing business online, right? So anyway, so it was revealed here uh, at uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, he went on there, Peter Hotez, and just talked about, of course, you know, naturally, like what shitty diet he has. He doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound like he's exercising that well. He's trying to kind of claim that he does, whatever. These these people put all their faith in, like, you know, chemical uh, solutions, essentially, right? It's all medication or it's all vaccines. That's what's going to fix it. Um, so at least this uh, Joe Rogan did well by pulling this out of this guy, of just seeing how shitty, uh, what a shitty lifestyle he has. Listen to this. Do you take care of your immune system in other ways? Do you take probiotics? Are you cautious about your diet? Um, I'm not as cautious about my diet as I should be. I'm a junk foodaholic, uh, actually. Well, that um, seems like a terrible thing for your it, health. It is a terrible thing for my Of course it is. Of course he, of, of course he, of course he is. <laughs> it's just, Perfect health right. and something my wife is uh, working on. But that seems basis. ridiculous for someone who works with health. Yeah. Yeah. What's sometimes, going on with so, you, man? Sometimes, man, I just don't sometimes. get it right. <laughs> How often? He's laughing what? at this. How often? How often do I steal a bag of chips? But you're telling, that, uh, you're telling bag of chips. people that they're murder, they're killing people if they don't take your goddamn stupid jab. Well, first of all, that's what's killing people. Your jab is killing people. That's what's, what's what's causing misery and pain. You should be criminally prosecuted, not the other way around. See how that was turn the tables? He said, like, well, you're killing me. No, you. That's, that was the reply. No, you are doing these things. We're a complete. We're just trying to help people. Okay, have you have you thought about taking care of yourself before you push these goddamn jabs? No, of course not. There's something how often like do you that. Eat- garbage uh i don't know no no hopefully not every day but you know hopefully not every day maybe a couple of times a week oh that's what with rachel my uh my daughter with autism that's like our thing is to of course she has autism can't make this up go to the uh it's called the burger joint or to um shake shack to get Mm -hmm. a to get a cheeseburger we'll sneak sneak some fries so look at look at how he smiles over this like this is his one like you get the 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 wetware in this guy right now, and the pleasure that he's getting out of thinking about this. You know, the, there is a burger component to this as well. <laughs> Do you remember that clip? The oh man, you just oh just it stinks down there. Uh, Peter Hotes, we where are our past current U.S. leaders on this? Where's the outrage? We're the target. We're targets. I'm a unique situation as a Jewish scientist who has developed coronavirus vaccines for the last decade. I get that. But more concerning is it's now okay to express anti-Semitic viewpoints publicly. No. That's uh, that's Peter Hotez. He uh, has no dog in this uh, fight, as uh, Mel uh, Gibson would say. Back to the clip. Mm. So you live in large, we call it like that mouth pleasure so much. You're willing to sacrifice a little bit. Of I health. am. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, 
Imagine, imagine his little fish mouth going around that burger, eh? <laughs> going to the Shake Shack. <laughs> oh, do you like this? Autism daughter? Do you, <laughs> is this good? Oh, man, disgusting. I can. I have to concede that's the case. Well, there's, uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but there's a... a Pure schlop, people. A large body of data that connects poor diet to a host of diseases. Mm-hmm. This yeah, seems like vaccine. a t- crazy decision for a guy in your line of work. There you go. Sometimes the uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the it's not all brain. It's uh, that's right. Yeah, it's a lot of mouth pleasure on that guy. Oh my god, Ugh. it's something else. But I mean, if you ate it's something else. Yeah, sure. Is. Ate healthy food. I mean, you, the thing is, your body starts craving healthy food. You start feeling. Yeah, no, no question, results. no question about it. Do you take vitamins? I don't take vitamins. Of course he doesn't. (laughs) No supplements, no nothing. Take the vaccine or you're killing people. He's a poster boy for the worship of these goddamn white coats that have have sold us all this junk and toxic sludge over the last, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 years, right? Maybe even more. Perfect poster boy for that. That is a type of mentality. It's just like, nah, we can just, we'll fix the, we'll, we'll continue as usual over here with bad habits, bad stuff, bad food. Let's not even talk about vitamins. Let's not talk, not talk about supplements. None of that matters. Just take your damn COVID shot, okay? I don't think they do. I don't think they're needed. Because most, in the, Amer- in the American, what? in the American. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You they're not needed, folks. You don't think they're needed while you're eating junk food? Well, hopefully I'm not only eating junk food. Okay, right? but you know there's a large body of clinical mm. research on the efficacy of vitamins, mm. especially vitamins D, vitamins I, B. I have taken stuff. vitamin D for periods and the recommendation period. of my intern. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Incredible. And it's not only because you're eating, like, you know, shitty food. Even if you had good food, the, the, the soil depletion alone with everything that's happening over the last few decades, is, is reason enough to supplement, right? Ideal world, love not to. Just eat right and that's it. But unfortunately, that's that's not the case. We don't live in that situation. I wonder why people are getting so sick all the time. What about essential fatty acids, which mm-hmm. are great for your nope. brain, fish oil, uh, all these different things that are fantastic. Uh, uh, for he, his, his brain, uh, the worm, the, the candida worm in his brain, is all about that the fish mouth mouth pleasure. That's that's it, folks. I don't need any of that. I'm super smart. I'm not gonna ar- I'm not gonna argue with you. What you is going you, 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 you got it. Hand, you got, on, you got it over me. Yeah. You gotta yeah. sw- listen, but it would you would have a much better argument. Don't you, you you're, think? you're making my wife stay here. So. If you're taking care of yourself a hundred percent instead but of you just still need, but you still need your vaccines. I'm sure you do, but mm-hmm. vaccines aren't going to yes. prevent cancer. No, that's true. Right. That's and true. Y- there's a lot of diseases. Or that, di- well, they're working on their can- uh, well, the cancer vaccine right Diabetes now. or cardiovascular sure. disease. Or and a lot things. of these diseases yeah. are connected directly to diet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And man. other lifestyle ch- changes. Yeah. Good Sed- exercise. Se- sedentary life. I try to go on the treadmill for 30 minutes you try. every morning. I do. Actually, I'm pretty good about that. Yeah. 30 minutes every morning. Why don't you just treadmill. go for an actual walk? It's more interesting. I do that too. So I do, I do. No, but I do about 30 minutes on the treadmill in the morning, and then I uh, and my I take a long walk with my wife in the evening. Oh, that's good. But it, you know, the, the thing that knocks the crap out of you is the travel. All right, anyway, they're going from there. You get the point, right? <clears throat> That's the mentality of these kinds of guys. That, <laughs> that is it, right? Shit food, no vitamins. Uh, and then he goes on to it. Yeah, I, I almost exercise a little bit, but, but, not, but not really, right? 
All right, a few, a few more here, guys. We got some of these are actually pretty important. We got to get to. Um, check this one out real quick here too. Alleged, well, alleged. We know he's a crypto fraudster, right? Sam Bankman-Fried uh, is given the same judge who oversaw Jeffrey Epstein's case and let Kevin Spacey walk. Fraudster Sam Bankman-Fried has been assigned a judge who oversaw a high-profile Jeffrey Epstein case and allowed Hollywood actor Kevin Spacey walk in a case where he was accused of sexually abusing a child. Imagine that. District Judge Louis A. Kaplan has been assigned on the case against Bankman-Fried, the FTX co-founder who has been accused of fraud for allegedly swindling investors and stealing their deposits. Bankman-Fried has received glowing coverage from the media despite the fraud allegations after donating tens of millions to the Democrats during the 2020 midterms. Kaplan oversaw a case by Epstein victim Virginia Roberts Gouffre against Prince Philip. Kaplan eventually signed the papers to dismiss the lawsuit after a settlement was reached. He also oversaw a case against, and by the way, I think, was that the case where they decided to keep the clientele list hidden? I think I think that was him too. I could be wrong on that. Maybe there's other, I know there's multiple uh, lawsuits and cases going and stuff like that. Uh, Sarah Ransom, I think, are, are, are doing a couple as well. Uh, there you go. So there you go. That's uh, that's on privilege. Click, keep it in the tribe, and uh, and uh, you'll be fine. Uh, we'll see what happens to that guy if he if he is Epstein or not. Now, uh, two two things I want to mention real quick, and one we have to play at least a video of before we wrap up for today. Uh, and it's about because it's in the title too, but the uh, contagion, right? The uh, catastrophic contagion. We'll get to that. Let's do this one first. We talked about the bankers a little bit uh, a while ago, uh, and it's all kind of tying in here. But uh, Zelensky uh, is now going to join the World Economic Forum in Davos coming up here in January 2023. And he's going to sign a new post-war loan with BlackRock, of all things. Zelensky and Larry Fink agreed to focus in the near term on coordinating the efforts of all potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of the country, channeling investment into the most relevant and impactful sectors of the Ukrainian economy, the Post said. Uh, talk about keeping it in the tribe, folks, between Zelensky and, uh, and uh, <coughs> Fink, Larry Fink. On Wednesday, was revealed that Ukrainian President Zelensky and his government is preparing to participate in January's World Economic Forum event in Davos, and that the Ukrainian leaders in talks with BlackRock CEO Larry Fink regarding rebuilding efforts following the war in Russia. Remember, he had the uh, rang he rang the New York Stock Exchange bell recently. We we, we played that and invest in Ukraine now. Uh, according to Bloomberg, Zelensky said in an evening address to the nation, specialists of this com- uh, company are already helping Ukraine to structure the fund for the reconstruction of our state. Zelensky reportedly had a video call with Fink in September. He did not reveal whether he would be attending the World Economic Forum in person or virtually. According to a Wednesday post on the Ukrainian president's official website, Zelensky said, in accordance with the preliminary agreement struck earlier this year between the head of state and Larry Fink, the BlackRock team has been working for several months on a project to advise the Ukrainian government on how to structure the country's reconstruction funds. Zelensky and Larry Fink agreed to focus in the near term on coordinating the efforts of all potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of our country, channeling investment into the most relevant and impactful sectors of the Ukrainian economy. So all uh, Agenda 21 stuff, ESGs, uh, CBDCs, digital economy, all that stuff. Ukraine will be a playground 
uh, for the global elite. You could argue it already is, but now it will kick into high gear on the next stage. Next stage on this. During the conversation, it was emphasized that certain Black Rock leaders, Black Rock leaders, leaders plan to. Um, visit Ukraine in the new year. The post continued, the president thanked Larry Fink for the work of the professional team that BlackRock had allocated to advise on structuring the reconstruction project. So here we go. It's a, it's a rebuilding uh, the um, uh, Kazarian uh, empire. <laughs> Is that what's going on? Uh, Washington examiner Zelensky announced alliance with BlackRock for reconstruction of Ukraine. And by the way, World Economic Forum has been moved back to January. And I'm thinking that that might be because there was little bit too many people that showed up in Davos uh, that was a, that turned out to be an inconvenience last year when they had moved it to I believe May so now they've reverted back again and so that's something that's coming up here after the uh, after New Year's uh, we'll of course keep an eye on that and not not that that's the only uh, you know game in town or whatever but it's important and and uh, the WF have been certainly becoming more vocal outspoken uh you know part of the of the global elite and, and basically just become the the yeah the, the the PR man the PR firm company for for what they're trying to do right all right so that's that uh last thing I want to cover is the where did it go here the uh Oh, boy. Where's the story? Here it is. The catastrophic contagion um, little event here that took place. Now, this happened in October uh, 2022 in Belgium, right? It was another um, pandemic exercise. Last time this happened, it was event 201, and it's being run by the same uh, usual suspects, John Hopkins has been kind of the main hub or organizers around it. Even the logo looks the same as Event 201. I believe it was orange last time. Now it's red. So that, I guess that means the if you go by the warning uh, uh, color code, right, it means Event 201 was just a warning. It was orange. Now it's going into red. Now it's a real deal, folks. A global challenge. John Hopkins Center for Health Security, in partnership with the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, conducted conducted catastrophic contagion, a pandemic tabletop exercise at the Grand Challenges annual meeting in Brussels, Belgium, this October. The extraordinary group of participants consisted of 10 current and former health ministers and senior public health officials from Senegal, Rwanda, Nigeria, Angola, Liberia, Singapore, India, Germany, as well as Bill Gates, co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So he was there personally. Sweaterman was there personally. The exercise simulated a series of WHO emergency health advisory board meetings addressing a fictional pandemic set in the near future. Participants grappled with how to respond to a pandemic located in one part of the world uh, that then spread rapidly, becoming a pandemic with a higher fatality rate than COVID-19 and disproportionately affecting children and young people. Participants were challenged to make urgent policy decisions with limited information in the face of uncertainty. Each problem and choice had serious health, economic and social ramifications. And uh, here's the little scary uh, video, promo video, really, that they had going along uh, with this pandemic exercise. Uh, very similar to Event 201. Um, I don't know where the full footage is. Event 201 uh, made that available you know, on their 
websites, on, on a YouTube channel and things like that. I have not seen the full presentation. Maybe they didn't do it this year. Maybe they kept it to themselves. There's so many people that dug out information from Event 201 and kind of pointed at all the things that we've con consequently seen from, um, you know, censorship, you know, to, to uh, what type of, you know, virus and stuff like that. It was like a textbook dry run for what happened later with COVID-19, you could argue, right? And so, of course, people rightly speculate, all right, if this, they're, they're, they're speculated this is going to happen in 2025 uh, in the tabletop exercise, uh, maybe they will release something in 2025 that actually is, well, either the real deal or it will be more fake and gay stuff. And then again, as they did this time, they roll out a bioweapon and claim it's medicine and everyone needs to take it or you're going to lose your job. Uh, here's the video. Check this out. Officials in two Latin American countries alerted the WHO of several outbreaks of a new infectious disease that's mysteriously appearing across the region. Severe Epidemic Enterovirus Respiratory Syndrome 2025. Over the past six weeks alone, there have been 500 confirmed or suspected cases reported. The virus could cause a severe pandemic if early containment and mitigation efforts are not successful. The pandemic in this type of situation and trend would be a risk for the global health security. Pandemics are inherently political, financial, and so much broader. We have not spoken on the leadership in the country. And I think that we need to be also very careful. We cannot decide a lot of things without the leaders be involved and agree on that. There is no substitute for national leadership. It's important to support the local response or the national response. Training those that are in these areas first, enabling them with the tools, protecting them, and if needs be, regional solidarity first. At this stage, communication is key, and communication should include not just scientists with data, but also social, religious, and political leaders. Trust. This is an essential issue, and Trust was broken among countries, between populations and healthcare systems, between healthcare systems and governments. I'm very sorry to say that in uh, 2025, we need to strengthen the health system. WHO needs to be a voice for the voiceless. No one is safe until all of us are safe. As of today, there have been an estimated 1 billion cases worldwide, with more than 20 million deaths, including nearly 15 million children. Countless millions are alive, but left with paralysis or brain damage. The most successful countries are those which invested in preparedness and trained for this moment years in advance. This included having full-time pandemic preparedness and response teams, which conducted detailed operational planning and routinely tested those plans through exercises and drills. If more countries had participated and heeded the guidance, the toll might have been much less. If you only would have listened and uh, done what we told you to do, uh, you would have less children with brain damage in your country. That, that's kind of what I'm hearing there at the end, right? It hits kids even more than, you know, adults. Uh, and of course, is there another reason why there could be brain damage um, in, in children in the future? 
I don't know. Anyway, there's so many questions about this, but uh, they have a track record of doing drills, exercises. <clears throat> In this case, it's a pandemic exercise. And then later on, that uh, essentially goes live, right? So here's a list of a few that they did. Dark Winter back in 2001. Now, that didn't you know, become true, I guess, depending on when you think that it played out, but they did that one. Uh, Atlantic Storm in 2005. Clade X in 2018. I remember that at the time. Uh, mentioned briefly, but certainly not as much as Event 201, which was in October 2019. And then, of course, it broke out. Uh, allegedly, regarding how you view that or not, I know some say it was all fake, it wasn't a real uh, virus, it was nothing, and uh, then, of course, when they rolled out the bioweapon, that's when the problems began. I, I, I certainly understand you know, that perspective, um, but regardless what it was, it was, you know, not to a T, but it was a lot of elements that they did in Event 2-1 that actually went on to happen later on. And again, a lot of the focus... Like they said in the World Health Organization clip there with Peter Hotez, right? It's so much about controlling information. It's so much about silencing this dissent and those who are different views of what's going on and stuff like that. Uh, so anyway, the latest in this then by John Hopkins here uh, at their Center for Health Security is Catastrophic Contagion, uh, which was done in October 23rd. So it wasn't just recently, but it was kind of is resurfaced uh, just now on, you know, it was going around on Telegram or Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, so this is something to be uh, keeping an eye on because, as we know, they like to do it this way. They, uh, they talk about something happening and then uh, miraculously it does actually happen. All right. Uh, Mrs. Gorillion says, uh, my wife is too shy to do a Super Chats. Uh, so she donated to your fund instead of doing it through Super Chats. Well, thank you. That's very nice. Thank you. Uh, would you mind saying hello to Sarah? She's watching you right now. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for, for your dono. That's very much uh, appreciated. Uh, very kind of you. Or is it Sarah, maybe? Is it? I thought you were in... Were you in uh, Norway then, right? So it's Sora. I, I think it should be Sora, unless she's uh, she's American. Sarah. Uh, very nice seeing you. Thank you for uh, thank you for watching. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you everyone else out there as well for watching today. We appreciate you guys. We're going to start wrapping up, and we'll be back Friday. So that'll be the last show of the year. Uh, then we'll be back, uh, I guess, over the weekend here with uh, Weekend Warrior as usual. We'll try to get back to a normal schedule. Um, and well there's there's always more to, to cover but i think we'll kind of do like the year in review a little bit friday uh and we'll talk about some of the stuff that's coming up as well uh i guess a little bit of predictions in terms of what what we think is going to happen in 2023 that's always fun to talk about we might do we might take some calls again we'll figure it out as we go uh we'll we'll plan out the details uh here tomorrow uh, and then we uh, will go live probably usual time 6 p.m eastern midnight central european time uh, on friday I also want to say thanks to our executive producers here today. T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lamp, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Ubunga, Fetch Me If You Can, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, and our latest edition, Francis Parker Yockey. Some uh, great authors in this bunch here, too, by the way. We also have Mr. Walker696 as producer, together with Yu Hanson, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pup, and Eyes open thank you guys we appreciate you uh, everyone out there for being a producer or executive producer certainly if you want to get a membership and get access to some of our stuff as well of course you get that as a, as a producer as well uh, but you can sign up for a membership over at redeyesmembers.com that's really the easiest way we also have it through odyssey and subscribe star and the plus with odyssey of course is we can upload all the members content to that to there as well now if you have 
if you have signed up recently, if we have not activated your account, whether that's for uh, just a normal membership or if, if it's for an executive producer or producer tier, whatever it is, please email us. If that hasn't happened, you've because of the tumultuous last couple of weeks we've been through here, you've probably fallen through the cracks. We've been trying to go through. I think we've I think we've covered everything and I think we have caught up now. Uh, but it took a little bit to do that, so we apologize for any delay in that. We didn't mean to. It was just so uh, chaotic the last couple of weeks here. Uh, so if we miss you for some reason, just all you have to do is reach out, okay? I think we had – actually, let me mention, too, I saw two on Odyssey, and I the, – the downside with Odyssey is I can't send, a, like, a direct message as I can on Subscribestar to that user. It's just like, hey, what's – you know, thank you for signing up. Um, what username do you have on the member's website so we can, you know, set up your account there? Uh, so level four four light. I think you uh, you've super chatted a couple times on entropy as well. Uh, reach out to us, redeyesatprotomail.com. Also, Mr. Lemry from Odyssey. Both of you guys get in touch with us. We can uh, activate your accounts. We want to know what username you want to have as well. Uh, and we'll probably I'll probably redesign the um, executive producers and uh, and credit page, whatever you want to call it, a little bit. So uh, <clears throat> I'll ask you to send like if you want like a profile pic or an avatar or just it could be of anything, but like it could be related to your username uh, or it could be t something totally different, right? Uh, send us that and we'll kind of put that next to your name. We'll do we'll break it up a little bit more so we don't just have ton of tons of names on one page. Uh, instead, so anyway, we'll redesign that. There's something to work on for the new year. Uh, so that's some of the overhaul that is coming. So thank you guys so much again. Um, I'm gonna wrap up right there. We have one more here from uh, President Obunga as well. Thank you, Bonga. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Um, Ukraine has not yet learned how to be multicultural. Uh, the sh sh what is what word is that? The sh shalavants. Wait, have I heard that before? Is that new? <clears throat> Shavanla sh Shavanlas will be at the center of that. I guess you just make it up, right? Uh, it's a huge transformation for Ukraine to make. They are now going into a multicultural mode, and Shavants will be resented because of their leading role, but without the leading role, and without that transformation, Ukraine will not survive. That's right. That's the way to phrase it. We are saving you when we're coming in and doing this too. Thank you, President Dabunga. Uh, appreciate that. <clears throat> yes, I definitely read it. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Thank you for being a producer as well. I uh, appreciate that as well. All right, guys. I think that's it. I think we're caught up. Let me just double check. So we're not missing anybody. It was a shame when you do that. No, I think we're caught up there. So awesome, guys. Thank you so much again for watching and thank you for being there for us. We appreciate you. We'll be back. Uh, we'll give a little bit of, a, of an, uh, another uh, shout out and thank you, by the way, to everyone who helped uh, with uh, the fund for Sigrid. Uh, and it just warms my heart so much, and and uh, it's it's I can't find the words. It's hard it's hard to uh, describe how how thankful I am. But I just want to say thank you again, for anybody who's watching, who's helped out. So thank you everybody, uh, massive support, and it's just incredible to 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 see all that and and be in that position to be able to do it. So thank you again, everybody. All right, enough of me. We're back Friday. Take care, everybody. Much love to all of you. Have a great uh, rest of your week here before we. Uh, are storming towards the end of the year and uh, then we're going to welcome 2023 here uh, somewhat we'll do that i guess on on friday uh, together until then take care we'll see you later thank you for watching go to redicemembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at subscribestar.com forward slash red Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.